This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Down the line. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are doing what is it? Episode five, five of our Dome of Wood campaign using old school essentials, playing old school D and uh, I am the referee, John, and going around the horn here, we have our normal players: Mike, David, Matt, and Ted, playing Alfred the Magic User, Snell the Hunter, Halifax, Swinney the Knight, and Argus Dregar the Fighter. With what constitution, Ted? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fifteen, Ted. It's a five. Everybody. Oh, five for episode five. That's fantastic. Oh, that's the session we're going to mention what Ted's constitution is. Yeah, and that's yeah, your yeah. bonus. That's your bonus, right, Ted? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And frankly, no one, no one thought you would make it to episode five. <laughs> yeah, I, I stand by the fact that he will survive longer than any of us, purely because he has a five con. Someone mentioned that in the comments for last the last session that it was oh, really? kind, of, kind of funny that the guy with con five was the only one left standing. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely, yeah. All right, so um, we are back in Prigwart after a devastating turn at the Abbey where um, you were far outmatched by the undead creature, the agglomeration of crow corpses and whatnot that uh, was decidedly protective of the three children, uh, Violet, Haramore, Bilbury, and uh, Willie? Bilbury and Willie, I believe, are the names. Um so you left them um, after getting your butts kicked, went back to the trapper's camp, uh, slept, and then made your way back to Prigwort. Um, so that was the 13th of Limewild. I was rewatching the episode, and I realized that we never actually rolled for weather on that day. However, you have rolled you have rolled into town at 5 p.m., so I'm just willing to kind of forego it and just say that it was fine enough for travel, even though it was cold. Uh, so no big deal. No, no. We did roll for weather on 13th Limewild. Freezing rain, okay. It was freezing, freezing rain. Not we're enough really, to obscure the trail, but just bad enough for us to have a miserable walk home. Just to rub it hey, in. At least, at least we had some nice mushrooms on the way, right? True. True. Yes. So uh, just uh, logistically wise, and just so that you're aware of the things that are affecting you right now and to catch other people up, um, this is your status as far as PC goes. Let's get the easy one out of the way. Argus, you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Completely full. Um, you have uh, single-handedly saved the party by uh, dragging them out of the ruins of, of the Abbey um, and uh, getting them healed overnight and then um, uh, in walking addition to, to get back. Um, then going from worst to best, we'll start with Snell. So, Snell, <laughs> you, uh, you have a vicious wound that was raked across the entire side of your face. I don't care which one you decide for it to actually be, but it does go directly over your eye. You missed losing an eye by this much. Um, you have a, uh, a relatively clean bandage, which basically covers the entire swath of your face almost, right? Um, uh, very noticeable. Uh, it is, you know, it quickly soaks through with blood. Um, uh, thankfully the wound itself has not festered, so it's, it's okay, but, um, you're going to have a vicious scar once it heals. Um, mechanically you are, even after you recover from this, you are concussed. All right. Uh, so you 
you do not know for how long, but you're you've got a little bit of brain damage because of how badly hurt that you were, um, and you uh, for mechanically what this is going to reflect upon you is that you are going to have the slow trait, um, as if you every weapon you wielded had the slow trait, um, and you've got to wear that bandage basically for a while. Okay. So, so slow basically means like in combat, um, you will always attack last in the round, no matter which side wins initiative. You yourself will always attack last. Um, uh, you also have the black, the blackening disease, whatever that happens to be, whatever that means, oh. you were not able to discover yet. Then moving on to, uh, Elfric, our magic user, um, you have blood loss. So your maximum hit points are capped, um, uh, one lower. So what are your, what's your max hit points? Three then? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, you also have the blackening disease and then Halifax, our knight, um, your left arm. Um, is completely disabled, right? It got mangled up so bad that um, it's it's not broken, but it's just unusable, right? Um, so uh, you also do not know for how long, but you can use nothing in your left arm, um, which is your shield arm, I believe, not your primary arm, right? Uh, this is true. I, I did, uh, uh, checking my inventory, I don't even have a shield. Right. So then... You, you carry a two-handed weapon, or...? Uh, no, I just didn't roll for getting to have a shield, and I couldn't afford one. So, and you were oh, also, okay. you were, I remember we rolled to see which arm, and you were carrying Willie underneath that arm, or, or one of the kids. Oh, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I've, I've got, got the, uh, plate mail, so I'm just gonna really... So it's not a huge deal, so you just can't carry anything in that off arm, uh, but it doesn't affect your ability to wield, um, normally with your dominant hand, whatever you like to wield. Uh, so... And you also have the blackening disease. So only Argus is basically at baseline. Um, but what's his con? Yeah, his con <laughs> is uh, no bueno. <laughs> what it is. <laughs> okay, so uh, now I'm just going by what you guys had decided at the end of the last session. But of course, I'm not going to hold you to it. But this is just kind of uh, what you had told me that you wanted to do at the end. So... You arrived in town um, at 5 p.m. because you were going along the road as fast as you possibly could in the freezing rain. You arrived, um, you went directly to the Clashed Antler, and your plan was originally to just buy one of those private shacks that was out in the beer garden. Then you decided that um, the pressing business of knowing where Lady Violet is and the danger that those children are in, that you were going to go talk to the Ducal Knights, um, who you know are staying at the Wrinkled Meddler, in which is the nicest inn in town, um, across town basically, uh, and you were decided that with your appearance, your you know how how awful you guys look, um, that it, your desperation would sell, sell more uh, by going there uh, immediately without having them come to you while you were sitting in front of a fire and getting warm and feeling better about yourself. <laughs> um, so is that still the plan? Yeah, that's me. yeah that that all makes sense to me. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Before we before we leave this tavern, can uh, Snell uh, buy everyone around <laughs> <laughs> and say, uh, your money, dude. "Well, we I'd, I'd say I have egg on my face, but I believe it was crow." <laughs> Save your money, man. We are broke, but I do have a yeah. question, John. You had crow in your face, not on your yeah. face. Right. Um, my face. Based on how the the you know long walk, freezing rain, bad wounds, and stuff. Uh, like, I mean, do the, do my companions here feel like they are 
able to go do what we just described? Like, or are they literally on their last legs and, and we no, need I to mean, do something? Mechanically, you're exactly as functional as you were going home. Okay. I'm just saying for flavor purposes, like you said, it's freezing rain. You just had an extremely long journey. It's the end of the day. Right. Um, you're uh, mentally, you're defeated as well. And you're just feeling awful. I mean, you're just, just constant pain. And <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and you look at, right. there's no hiding the fact right. that you guys um, are in desperate straits, but you can, you can walk to the rigor meddler that's not that's not an issue yeah well, i'm not planning on planning on fighting these guys no 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 but i mean if you're going to get mechanical uh i mean is the blackening like that do we notice any effects from that at this point no i think that we mentioned that in the morning that you noticed that that on all three of the folks who had it that it had uh the radius of the blackening around the wounds had increased a little bit but because of yeah. the extreme pain and fatigue that you guys have suffered in general it's hard to pinpoint if there okay. are, are any further bad effects yet, right? Then, um, uh, then let's go. Uh, just to drop that too, just to remind everyone that Snell, you had mentioned that um, you might want to go talk to Wormspittle, the herbalist, in order to to find out more about that. Or if hundred percent, if, if yes, you think I still want to answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, after we talk to the Ducal Knights and all that, I think I would. Like we can we can talk to the up, wizard yeah. that I kind of made a connection with um, two sessions ago. Um, I'm forgetting his name, awesome. but he was really nice to me and was actually willing to take me on as a student kind of thing. That's so awesome. thank you. Awesome. So we might be able to at least hit him up and see if he knows what this crow thing is. You think he'll be upset that he know, went to do that prior to his job? Yeah. I don't think so. He said there was no time frame on That's the true. That's true. I know. But wizards say a lot of things. <laughs> hey. <laughs> As soon as I have more than one spell, you better watch out. Do not yep. meddle in yep. the affairs of wizards. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. All right. So, so, you know, you, you let's go to the meddling guy. Okay, so you make your way to the wrinkled meddler. So you're basically going from just outside the northern wall of town. You're basically doing a straight shot down to the southern end of town. So you're crossing through the market square again. It's around 5 p.m., 5.30 or so. Um, similar to the way that you, when you entered, um, uh, not a lot of people out in the streets because it is... It is uh, raining and awful today um the people who do see you give you a very wide berth um <laughs> they don't want anything to do with you um you enter uh to get to the wrinkled meddler you actually enter um it actually fronts a small little courtyard called the earl's court uh, let me get the uh, map up here there we go so um clash dantler is right around here oh, yeah, yeah. right okay going all the way down and you're heading to the Rink of Meddler, which is right here. And it faces the Earl's Court. So uh, the Earl's Court is a... Now, you're going through in the, in the pouring rain, so like the pitter-patter of, um, of freezing rain is hitting the cobblestone courtyard here, uh, which is a little bit different than the rest of the city, which is not paved. Um, and it has a charming fountain in the center, and there are benches that are cloistered among rose-clad nooks. The statue itself is a golden statue. Uh, when you look at it, you realize that it's actually just painted yellow, uh, but it's obviously supposed to look like gold. Um, and in the pouring rain, you see that it's depicting a statue of a portly, regal-dressed gentleman raising a goblet high in toast. He's got a wide grin on his face. Um, the word on the street is, is that this purportedly represents the famed or infamous, depending on your opinion, uh, Earl of yellow the parent uh, fairy lord that is the patron protector um of the people of freeport 
So, uh, the Wrinkle Meddler. Oh my god, it's on the map. You can see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a little statue. Love all the maps. It's cute. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Uh, These maps just blow me away. Very, very good maps. So, the yeah. Wrinkled Meddler um, is easily the nicest inn in town. And it, uh, it, it's a huge three-wing building. It has a big uh, uh, courtyard in front of it um, that has like statue in it, a statuary in it, a fountain, um, and uh, as well. And the ground floor is constructed of ancient stone blocks, and the upper story is like wood beamed, right, like a Tudor sort of style. Um, but the outside of it is actually painted with murals of the town market. So like a, a in a in a uh, a nice way. Um, then there is an archway in the center that goes through the courtyard uh, right into the main entrance. And you see uh, through the door, you see that it is quite different than your typical inn in that it much more appears like um, you would think like a modern day restaurant is in that there are tables where there are liveried servants waiting on those tables, quiet. Um, there is a, uh, a large stage near the far end as well. Um, where there is no one singing at present, although there is a uh, lanterns that are lighting the stage um, from many different angles. Uh, let me just give me one second here. Uh, yeah, so it's a curated balance between dim rustic coziness and timeless elegance, especially when you're looking in from the rain like this. Um, you just kind of want to get in there as quickly as possible. Um, tables have linens on them, candles, silver cutlery, that whole thing. So there is a... Uh, basically a host stand when you arrive in and there is a very striking very beautiful woman that is standing behind it uh, she's very tall very slender um, she has a cropped brown hair and a scintillating smile and she's wearing like a very simple uh, tasteful scarlet gown uh, wearing earrings as well and like a like a hostess she that's what she looks like to you she's standing behind a host stand now she sees right okay. um I'm, I'm assuming Argus is probably the first one in since he's the most presentable. Um, he, uh, but she she smiles as she kind of looks up from her uh, from her uh, ledger, and she right. looks up at you or ready to greet. And she's like, "Welcome!" And then she's like, her face falls when she sees <laughs> the rest of you, and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. We we really can't let you in." You might find better accommodations uh, over at Rapt Happens Quadrant, perhaps, or perhaps the Clashed Antler, if you're willing to make the, the walk. I'll take off my grotty, rusty old helmet and uh, begging your pardon, but we've actually not come for accommodations. We're looking for the uh, the Duke's Knights. We have urgent business uh, uh, message for them. Would you mind telling them we're here? She kind of taps her ledger and she looks over and you see that she actually does kind of see, look over at a table where they're um, near the fire where there is actually, you see the three knights have, um, that she recognized that one woman and the two men um, have uh, taken off their armor and they are lounging peacefully over some, uh, what appears to be wine over in a far corner. Um, and she's, uh, they are here, but I don't believe they're expecting you. I'm, I'm terribly no, sorry, but you can understand. I mean, look at... There's blood every... I'm... Miss, 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 I understand. I understand. That's how urgent this is. Could you give it's, me... I would it's, not be here. Could you inform it, it's, me? It's quite pressing. It uh, involves uh, House Haramore and the, 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 the girl who's gone missing. Mike, you can just talk. Go ahead. 
I, well, I, I want to try and ask you something. I don't want to interrupt the flow, so I'm happy to wait. <laughs> but um, Hi, Mike. <laughs> is there an opportunity that I could have memorized new spells today and actually have made it ventriloquism? <laughs> Why? Because... <laughs> uh... Yeah, we didn't I'm gonna that. make their like I'm gonna make their like roast pork sandwich sitting in front of them like <laughs> hey uh, there's a group of adventurers at the front door they're not gonna let us in however we have found Lady Violet and we need to consult with you about how to move forward. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> so all right, yeah, sure, why not? Um, all right, cool. So um, as you're casting the spell, which is not like a subtle thing, uh, right? You can see uh, that you know she looks over at you and she's looking at you very suspiciously. Like, what is your? What is your trying to get her. It, her eyes widen as she sees his like mystical no, no, sigils. No. Like, <laughs> oh, no, he's got a head wound. Head wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Please then the night. then you hear like seats like screech back uh, from tables oh. as of uh, the three knights like like they they bolt up. And they whip their heads around to the front, and they see you, and their eyes widen in um, in incredulity. Um, uh, and you see that uh, as well, um, someone that was near the knights, um, actually close to the stage, uh, a very strange-looking fellow. This man, um, uh, this is an example of the anachronisms I was talking about that you'll find often in Dolmenwood. This man has a towering powdered wig, white. Uh, white painted cheeks, uh, white painted face with uh, red rouge on his cheeks, um, uh, a beauty mark on the left cheek, um, a waistcoat and tight fitting pantaloons, and a cane um, uh, waistcoat. You know, he's, he stands up every bit the uh, the dandy from Amadeus, and uh, you see him also like sort of as he's like, oh my, as he sees the uh, the knights stand up as well, and he whips, he follows their line of sight to you guys, and he. Um, he makes his uh, sauntering way over to the hostess as well. Um, and you see that as the dukes sort of, as the ducal knights sort of make their way over, this man sort of scoots in front of them um, quickly, uh, quite obviously uh, scoots in front. And he puts a fawning hand on uh, the, the bare skin of the hostess's shoulder, uh, where you can see a definite uh, twitch of revulsion from the the from host, her right yeah and yeah. He says, my dear madred do tell me who these gentlemen are we don't usually get folk of this ilk here the wrinkled meddler and uh, she says i am so sorry in all this hubbub uh she's looking back behind her where the noise came from she says i forgot to introduce myself my name is madred hydeball i'm the one of the uh three pr three proprietors of the wrinkled meddler um and this I should introduce, I suppose, is one Sprudibin Neve, the representative of the Bardic Guild, she says. And he's like, ah, it is quite a delight to meet you, gentlemen. And he does like a low bow, you know, and like very, <laughs> you know, the powder wig like basically like shakes off like a big fluff of powder <laughs> onto Argus, you know. You have a little bow and my arm kind of flops around. You said Sprudidin? Sprudidin Neve? Sprudiman Neve. S-P-R-E-W-D-I-A-M-A-N Neve. K-N-E-E-V-E. And he says, indeed, I do have the honor of being the guild's representative here in Brigwart. I book all of the uh, performances here on the stage. Alas, the velvet touch, 
who was supposed to be doing a sabbatical here for some time, is gone missing, and we are without a performer. Black I was wondering if perhaps, just judging by the look of you fellows, that you have been out on the road, in the cold, in the misery, and perhaps would be able to tell me if you had found my my dear friend, the Bard Cranduil Carryman, otherwise known <laughs> as the Velvet Touch. <laughs> yeah, begging your pardon, Governor. Uh, I'm sure he's been eaten by bears. It's rather important I speak to the knights. Oh, my. Bears. And then you see, like, he gets, like, Shoved to the side physically by, um, <laughs> by Lady uh, Beth Milda. Uh, she's like, enough, enough, Sprudeman. We've all heard the stories about your missing bard. We do not have the time. Uh, and she looks sternly at uh, all of you and she says, gentlemen. I'm very sorry. But I really have to talk to the knights. They're right behind you. No, you are, talking, you are talking to the knights. This is Lady Beth Milda. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I thought that you... Okay, Beth Milda said Jesus, that. Do, right. do I not look like a knight to you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, lady. All right, you're in civilian clothes. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. uh, 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 you remember how... Yeah, make our obeisances. Yeah. Say that? This is yeah, on so, you, uh, man. Are, are these the same knights that we met previously? Because Halifax yeah. talked to them. It was... Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so... Yeah, it's Sir Kestifer uh, and Sir Gestevin and... and, and... And Lady Can we not talk about this in the lobby? Either bring them outside or go to a private room because we don't need every Tom, Dick, and Harry knowing That's what true. is going. true. Yeah. So they they obviously they look at you and they they look over their shoulders at you, Alfred. Um, and it was your voice that we heard coming from our pork. Yeah, indeed. I I bring out my my holy symbol and you know reminding them that I am a uh, mage that is um, vetted by the church. Um, Highly, I just say, and unnecessary, especially in establishments such as this. I understand. However, we could not waste time banding words with um, this esteemed lady here in order to meet with you. We have news of the most utmost importance to the Harrowmore yes. kingdom. Very well, yes. I can see that something is, uh, something amiss has taken place. So please, uh, yes, uh, Madrid, if you don't mind, uh, we would like some privacy. Uh, please allow these gentlemen to come in. We will obviously not have them public facing for the time being. Uh, please enter in. Uh, Madrid said, of course, we will bring something to the table. And they, so you, you are brought to like a private uh, room. There is actually a, there are two actual wide spiral staircases, like in a, in a manner style that actually go up to an elevated level that actually looks over the stage um, so that like the best seats in the house is actually another private bar upstairs uh, where um, uh, like the, the real genteel clients live or uh, uh, can sit. Hang out. Stage. Yeah. Uh, there are two twin brothers who are actually uh, Madrid's uh, older brothers who actually um, also run the the day to day operations as well. Um, and uh, they are large, stocky men with slick back black hair, um, uh, but obviously related to Madrid. But they're both, you can't tell them apart. Um, they're quiet and they're just, they look, they don't like the looks of you at all, uh, but they obviously see that you're been vetted so they take you upstairs and so you have this nice quiet it's very nice and warm um sitting at a nice linen table which you immediately soil um and more ways than one yeah because we're like we're uh, like big men from peanuts we just have dust clouds uh, coming off of us blood and yeah 
feathers. And all yeah, it's awful. You look, you look absolutely awful. Like he's like, it's not like it's like a seeping wound on his face, you know. So they, nice they, look, they look very concerned. Like their brows are lowered, and they're you know they they wait impatiently for like the servants to sort of just bring you like a round of like mulled wine or something like that. That's very good right. if you're in Prig Ward, of course. Of course, um, um, and uh, but still the you know the adrenaline's still sort of pumping through your veins. So um, they say, Who wants please, what's point? what is going on? Uh, this is Halifax's man. This is uh, this has got to be him. Okay. Uh, but uh, sirs, obviously, uh, this is not how we would normally choose to come see you. But uh, our, our urgency was 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 pressing. We uh, have news. Uh, I'm afraid dire news of uh, the missing Princess Violet of Saramore. Uh, yes, we had heard rumors of such. Didn't put much account to them. But uh, yes, okay. So, what news do you have? Uh, uh, we we can attest. We uh, followed up on uh, uh, rumors that she may have been taken by uh, brigands, possibly to uh, possibly to the abbey. Um, uh, take advantage of you you, you know the the uh, the uh, reputation that it has. It tends to make most people shy away well deserved and i assume uh, these brigands got the best of you judging by the looks of you uh well uh uh unfortunately these were no mere brigands uh uh there seems to be something uh very supernatural at work here uh good news is that we did we were actually able to locate her she was uh uh she was there she seemed uh of health uh however she seemed uh most definitely bewitched by the uh, the creature that uh, the very very powerful creature that uh, attacked and overcame us as we tried to bring the young girl home. That is dire news and most unwelcome. Uh, so you are saying that obviously through no fault of your own you were forced to leave the children in danger. Is that correct? You were unable to save them. Well, uh, we we barely escaped, uh, as you can see with our lives. The silver lining, of course, being that you were able to locate her, which I assume the Lady Haramore has not. Uh, that, I suppose, is a blessing in disguise. But we serve the Duke. We do not serve Lady Haramore. Why come to us? It was up against hope that you might be able to help in the short term. Our, we're no, in no shape to travel to House Haramore tonight to tell her ourselves. We thought... Um, Maybe you might be some of uh, of some assistance in trying to help her, and if 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 not, perhaps um, uh, perhaps you might even be willing to accompany us to to House Haramore tomorrow on Morn to help Ill-timing, advise her. I'm afraid uh, Beth Milda sort of uh, intervenes, and she's she, she she does generally look sorry, but she says, as I told you uh, a scant few days ago, uh, we are on the search and uh, for the rogue prismist Marjoram Griber who we have now discovered probably lies, uh, is most likely hidden along uh, somewhere in the vicinity of Fog Lake to the south. And we ourselves, since no one has taken up our uh, petition, are going to be mounting an expedition to the south in order to hunt her down. Um, and though we, of course, uh, are very concerned for the well-being of the heir to House Haramore, this, the threat of the rogue prismist is much more on the the duke's mind than the well-being of house haramore and uh she is the rogue prismist is wanted for sedition 
and theft of ducal property, and she is extremely dangerous, and so our priorities lie with her. Now, that is not to say that we will not aid you as best as we can. What I would suggest, although we ourselves cannot help you, who can help you is the Elevated Council here, the Elevated Council of Brewers. They rule the town, but they are uh, they owe their fealty, uh, at least in name, uh, to the Lady Harrimore. Uh, should you approach them at the town hall, um, they would, of course, send a messenger with great haste to House Harrimore with the news, should you not be able to make the journey yourself. And if uh, they should show any reluctance, we would put the weight of the Duke behind your words. My lady, that is actually what we are hoping to achieve. We are wanderers and adventurers of no great repute. And our word here in, uh, in Prigwart may not carry the weight of yourselves. Um, but I assure you that the tale that we tell is true. And that the danger that the, that the heir of Harrowmore faces is extreme. So if there is any way that we, you can lend your voice to our, our pleas... Um, we, we fought the creature and I'll describe the creature without going into too much detail. Mm -hmm. We fought the creature to the best of our ability, but we were overmatched easily. Um, and we shudder to think what will happen to the princess. She's not a princess. What is she? She's a, a, a she's the heir to house. Princess she's, she's a princess and everything. Name. Yeah. Shudder to think what will happen to the princess if she's left in the custody of such a creature for any length of time. Uh, indeed, oh. uh, the matter is pressing. There is no doubt. Um, I would venture. Actually, actually, this is. We'll say this is Sir Kestifer, uh, the older gentleman. He sort of blows out his mustache and he point, points up a finger and he's like, "I would venture that uh, your being uh, sort of unnoticed here in town that might change with what you, what news you've brought back from the Abbey. Uh, you will not be able to lie in the shadows for long. I, I feel for good or ill, but um, and." The younger one, Sir Gestevin, he actually uh, kind of taps Sir, uh, Lady Beth Milda on the shoulder. And she looks over and they both smile as they kind of look back at you. And they say, well, wouldn't you know it? And he, he they point over the railing down at a table that's uh, sort of near the stage. I'm actually talking to Sprudeman right now. Um, uh, are two people, two women that you have met before at the Clash Antler. Well, no, you haven't met them, I suppose. You'd never talked to them, but you did see them. Um, uh, two, the handsome women yes, that were complaining yes. about their drinks or whatever? That's exactly right, yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly how I described them the last time, so this might be completely contradicting what I said in the original episode, but one of them has um, raven mm -hmm. black hair, and the other one um, a uh, a uh, dark, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, copper red, like auburn hair. They have a torque around their neck of like a double eagle. It was like a pewter torque. And um, they said, well, as you can see here, you may be actually to make your petition here if you like. We can offer introductions, uh, should you wish. That is, and he points to the, to the black-haired one, that is Daphnemone Hedger of House Healthwooden. And next to her, her good friend, although always a rival, is Persimony Ogsbody of, of House Ogsbody. Two. Good Lord, names. Two of House uh, two of the Elevated Council. And we invite them up, possibly? It might be, although we do carry some authority here, um, that it might be better to go to them. They are the rulers of the town. Oh, I meant go to and, and, and invite them up and 
not have this conversation out in the middle of the common room. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Uh, yeah. If, if you like. Is that what you would like? You'd want it? Yeah. Okay. Please. If, yeah. If they wouldn't mind. Please, please express our apologies, but uh, look at look at the state of us. We don't want to cause a, <laughs> uh, a disturbance again. Also, at the same time, um, I should say that there has been some servants have been called and um, and uh, servers are bringing forth like, um, uh, what should I say, like like claws to like wa wa wipe yourself off and to clean yourself up as best you possibly can. That sort of thing. Um, your if you allow them, um, they will uh, they will strip you of your of your traveling clothes and soil clothes and stuff like that and um, uh, offer to wash them. You know that that sort of thing. If you sure. if you like, right? <laughs> We're up there just getting disrobed. Yeah, yeah no problem. No, it's it's more like the outer clothing, right? Like it's all oh. like yeah. cloaks and whatnot, not not our skitties. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, oh, I'm down to my breech clout. <laughs> it's it's one of those places that has the loner jacket. <laughs> yeah, you might exactly. be more comfortable in. It, it totally would be that place if it was mine. Yeah. All right. So they bring up. Um, uh, so they, they send word down, and after a little bit of consternation, uh, the the two women come up. They appear to be enjoying, uh, enjoying a uh, where is it here? We won't. Uh, whatever. Where is it? Doesn't really matter. But what is it called? A wine. What is it called? Sorry. Oh, it's called uh, Lady Mauve. It's called uh, Delicate Violet Wine um, that is known to be um, imported from fairy. Mm -hmm. So very, very rare. Um, That's my favorite. Uh, completely not affordable to the likes of you. Uh, <laughs> I feel it. But they come up and uh, you can see that uh, as, as they come up, they you overhear them as uh, they're kind of having a conversation as they walk over that they're discussing how they are certain that a man by the name of Hegged Axminster of the Oaf and the Oast must be keeping an illegal stash of, of unmarked spirits somewhere on the premises. And if they can discover, they can sign some way to get in there without causing a stir, um, that man is going away, is going to go under. And then you kind of... That was the guy that was a jerk to us, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's sell him up the river right now. Yeah. <laughs> we saw. We saw. Yeah. We saw guys unloading and loading stuff. We right totally now. did. And you remember. Yeah, tell him right now. You remember as well that um, the first time you saw these two women at the Clash to Antler, they were drinking something, and uh, they were very upset by what they were drinking. Right. Okay. Uh oh. Right. Yeah, because they're part of the Brewers Council, right? So they're all interested in liquor laws and purity and taxes. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is it's the town for that. Like, it's literally a town yeah. ruled by brewers, right? By the heads of these households. Moving. Yeah. So this is the heads of House Halfwidden and House Augsbody, Daphnemony and Persimony. Um, and uh, we can cut to the chase if you like, uh, if you want to just to tell them the situation, right? Want to be narcs? The general? <laughs> just, just. To, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I want to. I didn't like the guy, but do we want to be narcs? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an informer, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to be a narc. A narc for what? <laughs> oh, oh, for well, yeah. Hegged up the river yeah. because they're not narcs, but the guy's a jerk. And He's a jerk. I didn't like him at all. I would happily trade his ass for their aid with the with Violet. Fair. 
I agree. You know, what's he? Yeah, if, if we need to, we can pull that card. Yeah, just so we're not repeating ourselves, we have the same conversation. If you're going to tell the exact information to Dynamic yep. and Persimmon, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, Halifax will be differential and bow and all that stuff. Yes. So, they are obviously concerned as well. Now, even though they are high ladies, um, they are. Uh, their reaction to it is a lot different than Lady Beth Milda's, although it's, um, it's, it's concerned, but there's also a great deal of fear behind their eyes as well. Like if they don't do something about this, it's going to reflect poorly on the elevated council. And, um, uh. They, uh, and it's quite obvious that the reason is that the part of the reason that the elevated council enjoys so much authority in Prigwar is because Lady Harrimore knows a good things when she sees it, they pay their taxes and they pay them, you know, uh, well and on time all the time. Um, and so therefore she has a light touch when it comes to uh, uh, sticking your nose in and pre-work business, which is why everyone is so concerned about this garrison being built on the western side of town because, you know, what does it oh. mean? Why are these people coming in? And, you know, these are Harrowmore people that are that are building these. You yeah, know, these are all the laborers you saw at the Clash Chandler, right? Um, so uh, they want that status quo to basically remain as right. much as it right. is right now. So they're like, all right, uh, there is no time to waste. It, it is dark out now because it is it is um, yeah uh, it's winter. Yeah, it's winter. So uh, by by five thirty ish, it's definitely dark. So uh, they said, regardless, we will send out our messenger right away. They put up they put up a finger. A livery servant immediately comes over. That livery servant runs down to Madrid down to the front, um, and Madrid sends another servant out the front door immediately. Um, and the deaf demony tells you that they're going straight to the town hall to go get a messenger. Um, uh, John, one one additional thing that I think we would say that, or at least Halifax would say they didn't have time to mention to the Knights, mm-hmm. these more local uh, leaders would mention the other two children as well and ask yeah. if there have been other children missing. Because right. it, we did find Violet, but we found the uh, these other two children with him and he shared the names and their rough descriptions as well. Lily and Bilbrey. Right. So they, as much as it pains them to admit it, of course, like, you know, times being what they are, children go missing a lot. Um, uh, but they, they are very unhappy to hear that, uh, but they have no knowledge of any other missing children. But they will put forth feelers in order to see if there are any parents who are looking for, or, or, or any, any guardians that are looking for children of uh, that description as well. Uh, so they ask you, yeah. do, do you wish to, if you like, it would obviously be safer for the messenger um, to leave on the morrow uh, when perhaps the weather will break and where the the his horse was less likely to break a leg in that case. It, uh, although, and she looks at you like very sort of the two women sort of look at you like they don't really think that you're going to answer. Yes, but you never know. Um, you are the, uh, the only eyewitnesses to the actual location and state of lady Violet and your word would carry great weight with the lady herself. Um, that said, I completely understand if you need to convalesce for some times in order, uh, in order to, um, rest and get better um but if you wish for the messenger to wait on the morrow and see how you feel you may accompany him um to house harrimore in the morn i will go if you ask it i i agree we have already given so much to the discovery of this of the princess that to not give a little bit more seems churlish yeah i agree it's just true i i i would uh uh Obviously, I almost gave my life once for this, uh, save this poor girl. I would do it again. Okay. Uh, I would, begging your uh, honor's pardon, uh, I hate to be the bearer of realistic news, but 
of course, I don't have a horse uh, like your messenger does. <laughs> so I'm afraid I might be keeping him uh, slowed down. Uh, we, will of, unless... we will, of course, provide you with horses. Marvelous. I'm entirely in favor of this plan. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, their, their business site to be returned to us, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, Absolutely. Um, so All right, cool. What they do offer you in addition is uh, rooms here at the Wrinkled Meddler. Uh, which are very not cheap. Uh, so um, it's a pretty pretty nice, cushy rest that you can get. And of course, they send out a messenger to halt the messenger <laughs> and we tell them to wait, wait till the morning. Um, uh, oh, we're not going tonight? I thought we were going to go tonight. Oh, no, I think we're going to go in the morning. It's going rain. Uh, it's a bad idea. We'll all break legs. I'd like to. All right. Can we have the herbalist come visit us here at the, at the uh, inn? No. No. Oh, no. Uh, Worms Middle? We can't. I, you want me to go get him? If you mention that loud, like like the elevator brewers and and the Ducal Knights are, like, you, you, you don't ask Edgar to come to you. We, <laughs> I, we, I fear, we fear we've been poisoned uh, by the creature, and I show like my wounds that are with like, the. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you're worried. I'm not worried. They they, so. both, they look at they look at they suddenly are drawn to you know the wounds on you that what, what's actually going on there and they're like ah uh, that was not mentioned before um yes a visit to Wormspittle would be uh very very uh a, a very good idea um in that note uh gentlemen is very very uh good that you that we've seen you and talked to you and so so glad that you've spread this news man we really must be going <laughs> no hugs come on just two hugs yeah Sorry, uh, one arm doesn't work. So, yeah, so uh, the the two elevated count, council women, uh, they go about their business. Um, the knights as well are also going to retire. Uh, so be aware that they are going to, um, for, because no one picked up the job immediately, they're going to go down to Falg Lake and go see what they can see down there. Just be aware. But um, they, they did not retract the reward. So we do remember that they offered two thousand pieces of gold for yeah. for that rogue prismist. If, if um, they're starting an expedition, can we sign on with the expedition for some sort of decreased reward? They, they, <laughs> they leave in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're I think we're committed on this violet thing. Thanks yeah. a lot, Halifax. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I say we stick with it. Okay. Uh, now, would would we know if the uh, the herbalist is like shut down for the night that we should go in the morning, or might there be a chance that he would still be open? Uh, they tell oh. you that the, he was probably close to closing up shop, but if you go now, you could probably catch him. Let's yeah, go! Let's... let's go! All right, run! So drag uh, our body parts back out into the uh -oh. rain. You go. Okay, so I'm not sick. I. Uh, <laughs> Argus has never been in such a nice hotel and he wants to enjoy it. He's going to go steal the shampoo and, you know, run <laughs> the bathrobe and everything. Okay. So they're giving me a room. He's going to go, you know, have a hot bath and whatnot. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Jump from one bed to the other. Yeah. So, I'm going to um, mess up. Argus, as the other three leave um, and you're, uh, you're like, which way is my room? And, you know, Majord's helping you out. Um, uh, uh, Sprudeman flutters up to you. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Mr. Dreger, Mr. Dreger, isn't it? Does that uh, is. does that speak of your origin in the town of Dreg? <laughs> yes. Oh my! Such an exotic place. You must know Madame Shantywood on Shantywood Isle. Yes. Mm. 
you, you uh, do, of uh, course. Uh, Shantywood Isle is actually um, an island that is in the midst of the river Hamath, uh, which Dreg borders. Um, and it is actually, because of a quirk of legal fate, um, is its own sovereign nation. And uh, the, the lady, Madame Shant Shantywood, runs a very well-known and infamous house of ill repute upon, mm, under, yeah. atop the Isle of uh, Shantywood. Um, I used to guard the bridge on uh, Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't pay very well. Uh, really? Well, frankly, swill. Well, I, I, I know that you must get your rest, uh, but I just wanted to put forth that the fate of my poor Velvet Touch is really quite of great importance to me and to the Bardic Guild at large, and you would be well rewarded and well regarded not outside, not only within Domenwood, but outside the boundaries, within the duchy itself, perhaps the entire domain, should you bring this man back safely to the Wrinkled Meddler. I just want to put oh. it out there. Yeah. That yeah. he was last oh. seen, he was last yeah. seen upon calling yeah, yeah. during market day in the town square, talking to those rather scandalous women who come into town every collie to sell their pastries at their stall looked quite taken with them and he left arm in arm with three of them out to the eastern road i should say wait a minute i've heard a story about pastry women did you tell us this or did i read this in the guide that you gave us why i don't know my name is I don't no, this came up. Travel before. guides to Dolmenwood. <laughs> this came up. I recognize pastry. Oh, don't look into it too life. much, or you <laughs> might spoil yourself of a fun adventure. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm. You're saying I should not have heard of them, is what you're saying? Correct. Sounds correct. Okay, fine. I. All right. There's something going on with those women. Their pastries are quite delightful. But I should say that the miller has remarked upon me, he is one of our finest patrons here, I should say, that their orders for flour at their bakery are insufficient for the amount of pastry that they actually produce. So much, mm. in such quantity. Strange, I say. And having a bakery out in the woods off the road. Strange. Which is... Smell a witch. <laughs> Anyways, next one to no one. <laughs> Crandiel Carryman is a man uh, who has a weakness for the fairer sex, shall we say, and uh, I fear that they may have taken advantage of him. Well, I should hope so. Hopefully, oh, the end mean... result of this is just a, <laughs> a lovely experience that will incorporate into his songs of a dalliance among uh, peasant women out in the forest. But like a like a like one of those two ra lu ra ballads. Indeed. Oh, a lot of those. Those are nice. Ribaldry is not my one of my favorite genres of song, but I suppose in well, drag, I mean, it may be all there is to come by. His name's the Velvet Touch. I mean, right? <laughs> like, right? It's the touch of his tongue, sir. Oh, my. Right. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put two and two together. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Anyway. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Enjoy your rest. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so you guys go to Wormspittles. So Wormspittles, as, um, as you can see on um, the map, is... Uh, where's my little pointer thingy? 
way over in the west. Uh, it's, it, yeah. it's actually not too far away from you, right? So because you guys are here, right? That's great. So um, we can barely walk at this point. True, it's all everything's a great distance out in the cold. So this is an interesting building because it's um, there's actually a small little bridge that spans the street at this point. So um, if any of you guys are familiar with Florence or have seen pictures or whatever like that over the like the River Arno, there are there is a bridge where there are actually buildings that are te that are perched on the edge of the bridge, right? Shops and whatnot. Um, this is similar to that, but a much smaller bridge that over that's just spanning a street. Um, but uh, he has a his shop is uh, teetering on the edge of this bridge, um, and you actually have to go up a, 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 an iron staircase up to the top to actually enter this shop. Um, and it's it's sort of like this rickety sort of, uh, you know, taller than it is wide sort of shop um, that you um, you enter into and you see that there is indeed um, uh, the proprietor himself, one Edgar Wormspittle, uh, shaven-headed man in his 50s, uh, arched eyebrows, a silver ring in his ear, and he has a long pipe in his lips, um, uh, which... Uh, smoke is coming out of he has a forked beard and a dangling mustache and he is dressed in genteel tweed in a burgundy velvet smoking jacket because of course he is so um so he kind of arches his already arched eyebrows at you and he says i was just closing up shop gentlemen what can i help uh, and then he sees the state of you <laughs> as, as you walk in <laughs> he's like, I suppose you might be looking for some remedies. Well, come on in then. Quickly now. Do anything quickly, but okay. So um, <clears throat> the uh, the sign of the, of the of worm spittles is a green scaled worm, uh, W-Y-R-M, uh, drooling into a glass vial. It's pretty cool. Uh, so he's got your typical, it's very much like more uh, an apothecary, right? Than a, what you would, typically picture like a, 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 a an herbalist shop right so it's less like witchy and verbena and more like like a pharmacist right you know it's, it's, everything's proper so there's you know like a counter and shelves with particular items and herbs and admixtures and tonics and all sorts of things um you know a wonderland of strange fungi and herbs and uh uh brews and th things like that uh, it says, so let's look, have a look at you. And he, he very like uh, forwardly like grasps your chin, you know, and like yanks your head to the side. And like, um, if you'll let him, he'll like take your, his fingers and like open up your eyeballs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and take a look at you. Um, so. Uh, uh, I'll give him a real brief rundown of like what we encountered. And then I'll show him the spreading black marks in our, in our wounds. He yanks his, he yanks his hand back when he sees it. And he says, I, that's, that's the death rot you got there. That is, oh, uh, oh, that old thing. You see his, his head shake as you, you know, cause you were covered basically head to toe, but then when you kind of roll back your sleeves and you, he sees it, you know, he's, uh, he says, that's gentlemen, I don't know how to put this to you, but it appears this time on earth has come to its end in short time. How long do we got doc? Well, and he, he looks at all three of you, and uh, it's a, it's not a pretty picture, and I'm going to break it to you like it is, basically. Is it going to be a long and protracted and painful death <laughs> as your flesh 
slowly blackens and necrotizes. Um, your limbs will begin to rot and fall off, and then you will die in screaming agony. So, I would say by the state of your... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Oh my god, uh, you guys should borrow a ton of money. He'll go in order. He goes, <laughs> I would say that uh, you, sir, and he looks at... Uh, ah, young squire, not yet a knight, not... Nor you will you... Well, we... Anyways, uh, yes, you will probably... <laughs> I would give you... Um, Let me look at my notes here. Don't want to tell you the time. Years. Don't want to be inaccurate on the time of your death. Be six days. <laughs> I give you about, um, it's hard to say, but probably about six weeks, Mr. Swinney. Ooh. Well, we can do a ton in six weeks. Uh, Why bother? I'm going to start my A little bit character. less advanced <laughs> for you, uh, Hunter, although you look like you've gotten the worst for wear in the short term. Um, probably about three three weeks for you, judging by the size of these rings. Uh, sir, you, uh, I'd say two weeks, unfortunately. Me? Yes, I'm afraid two weeks. <laughs> oh, dear. I suggest so you don't weeks? waste any time enjoying those pleasures that can be found. Uh, look, gentlemen, the silver lining, you're in Prigwart. Plenty to amuse you in your last days. Uh, okay. Now, if I were you, I would go down to the town of Dreg, where there is a madam there on Shantywood Isle who would be, you would be able to while away your last days in the greatest of ease and pleasure, and then uh, sign off on this mortal coil with uh, no remorse. Uh, now, so is there any possible cure? What, what about the option where we fix this somehow? <laughs> He looks he, like one one eyebrow raises again, and he takes like a long puff on his pipe, blows it out. He's thinking, he's thinking, you know. And he's, well, short of a servant of God who is particularly blessed with curative abilities, which I should note, someone of that sort of power could probably, if at all, be found only in Castle Brackenwold, amongst the highest. Uh, echelon of the servants of the bishop himself. I would say that the only known antidote is an extremely rare, extremely rare root known as the nobbled mandrake. Cool. Uh, I myself have only actually held it in my hand once previously in life. Um, it is known, it, how it came to be in my possession um, was actually through an inheritance, if you would believe it. And I, but the previous proprietor of this shop, who I will not mention his name, uh, purported, uh, reported to me that the person that brought it to him found the nobbled mandrake in a place that you may have heard of called the Golden Wood uh, to the southeast. Now, it's very difficult to find even there, but uh, traveler basically you can you can make your way to the Golden Wood uh, if you travel southeast towards the refuge of Saint Key, which is along the road back to Castle Brackenwald, um, and then traveling northeast once you uh, take respite at the at the Abbey itself, or if you like, you could take the Mulcher's path. Um, towards Orb Swallow, the Moss Dwarf community of Orb Swallow, um, and head south from that town. And you will have to wander in the woods 
perhaps get lost and uh, many dangers abound within the Golden Wood for it is the domain of the Earl in Yellow and his servitors. He claims dominion over it as part of uh, his, uh, an extension of his fairy realm here in the mortal world and his servants uh, wander and patrol the Golden Wood all the time. So it is steeped in fairy and there are many tricks and traps for the unwary uh, within. This is the only known place that, uh, and that itself is only a rumor where the novel Mandrake can be found. Now, the novel Mandrake uh, in stories is known for its ability to, um, if you eat it, it can actually restore lost limbs and appendages. Um, but I believe that if you bring it back to me, I would be able to uh, use its properties in order to cure the death rot. And you would do that in return for whatever leftover novel Mandrake we bring you. Yes, I would. I would certainly do that for you. All right, boys. Looks like we got a mission. I got two weeks. <laughs> we, got two, we, have a, we have a shopping trip. I and I. She goes. I. When you see when he when you're like, well, that's obviously where we are going. He's like, I. I fear I may have spoken too soon. I do want to. I may not have gotten across exactly how dangerous this is. <laughs> you may have a better chance of survival by actually walking up to the doors of the bishop's palace and attempting to gain audience with the bishop himself to perform a ritual upon you. Um, for the ward is extremely dangerous um you should also be even more cautious should you find one of the seven yellow doors it's whispered that those who step uninvited into the fairy realm of wyforth will meet with a terrible fate more terrible than rotting alive he just okay. kind of he throws up his hands and takes another puff <laughs> of his pipe you know i can i have that <laughs> voice cracks <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, let's oh, go. Man. We got a night and a nice fancy inn to enjoy. Let's go. Right, Is there um, anything that can delay? Anything can stay off the effects to give us a little more time? I'm afraid not. Cut off the limb. And he, he, he um, you see that like the little black dots are around your wounds and stuff like that, and and answer well. Argus, you're not there, but we'll pretend yeah. someone else said it. And he, uh, Halifax was, Halifax was kind of thinking that anyway. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay. He, uh, so he'll pull down, um, he'll pull down like the collar of your tunic, Halifax, and he goes and he points to the other, he points at something on Halifax's neck so that the other two of you can see it. And he says, I'm afraid not. And you look and you see that there's spots growing on his neck. Yeah, his head. He doesn't yeah. need it. Now, um, just if we just cut here, what if we were to destroy the creature that infected us? Well, I don't see. I mean, obviously, his ability, its ability to infect others, would be curtailed significantly. I would suppose upon its death, but I'm afraid it does no effect on you. As far as I know, I mean, who knows? I don't really truck in the mystical, as it were. Leave that to Mossamire Drew, should you wish answers in that uh, arena. But on it the other hand, I don't have anything that can stave this. But I do have a. Quite a plethora of other uh, herbs and admixtures here. Should you should you wish, um, I will put this up here just so that you guys can see it. Let me switch this screen and we'll get this up here. If you take a look at Albert in a moment, this is shopping list here. Is his, his menu? Ooh. So um, we had some money. 
The way this Thank works is, is that <laughs> these are the generally known. These are not all the hidden ones, right, that you may discover through your travels. But these are the ones that can be uh, usually gotten at a rep rep reputable herbalist or uh, apothecary, which Edgar is. Um, but you can see that there is rarity. So um, if you want anything, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think you can afford any of this shit. But, um, uh, but any of the more uncommon stuff, you have to roll to see if he has it in stock. Now, I will say this. He does keep two home. Yeah, Mike? Garlic is five gold pieces. I was literally about to say the same thing. Garlic is five gold pieces. I this think is, this is the old... good vampire garlic, though. Come on. Yeah, and we're not. <laughs> yeah, these are these are doses too. This isn't like the kind that you shave and put in your spaghetti, you know. So um, now the, uh, the he has two other things that he actually makes himself that he always has in stock. Even the common stuff that is on this list, you could buy him out of. Like he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like he's only got so much of it, um, even though the common stuff is always there. Um, sense, yeah. uh, but stuff that uh, he actually is his home brewed stuff, um, you can get at any time. So uh, two things. There's one that he just calls worm spittle, just called worm spittle. Um, it's the, the house remedy. It's an herbal admixture. It is five gold pieces per dose. What it does um, is if you uh, if you take it, if you apply it to your wounds, it gains you it gain, you gain one extra hit point per day of complete bed rest. So complete bed rest mm -hmm. is the one that gives you 1d3 um, hit points if you do the complete day. So you would automatically gain at least two if you if you use the so 5g paper dose. Then he has an alchemical compound, which he calls Brewmaster's Balsam. This is extremely expensive, but you should probably know about it. Maybe write it down for when you do have the money to buy. It's 200 gold per jar. Oh. Of three doses, so there's three doses per jar. It does not cannot be divvied up. It has to be um, given to you and sealed in this particular glass jar. Um, it is an extremely volatile um, black gloop that uh, stole in these glass jars. If you take a dose and you apply it to wounds uh, immediately after combat, uh, it heals one d4 hit points. Ooh. However, the effects of it in the bloodstream um, cause uh, a minus one penalty to armor class and saving throw until you have had a night's rest and that side effect is cumulative so if you use multiple doses you know to, to heal someone after combat then those penalties rack up okay got it so he has that at all times um i th the summary of effects on these mushrooms and herbs are also just um very very bare bones um so if you want any more details about the exact effects of any of those that you're interested in just let me know like the garlic which is obviously not just regular garlic. It's artisanal vampire garlic, please. Right? Is it like a, a concentrated oil of garlic or something? Well, it's 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 helpful against vampires. Not not any like garlic bread is going <laughs> to ward off a vampire. You gotta get right. you gotta get the well, good stuff. With the two, oh, you yeah, literally well, just said we could ask. You, you just said we could ask about it. I'm asking about the garlic. What's the deal? That's what I'm like. Is it, is it a, uh, how's it dosed? What it, what is, I'm just curious. Like what's the setup for that? Uh, it's, it's, it is like normal garlic. It's just like, it's in, it's like in a large quantity and it's sort of like, um, you know, like, what do you call it? Like a big string of the rope. Yeah. Rope. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, it is effective against repelling vampires. Like that, that's what he tells you anyways. Um, so that it will aid in the, uh, okay. um, yeah, it will keep them away. It acts as sort of like a protection against vampires. Okay. I always thought those were but a myth, vampires. Good thing those aren't real. 
Well, dare you. Dare you take the risk after what you've seen? <laughs> better better buy some garlic, he says. <laughs> to be sure. Uh, do, you have, do, you, do you have anything for... And he, and he would describe kind of thing that uh, Mr. Ragonbone seemed to be. That you could transform and control these, these uh, murders of crows and birds. You must think that I... Uh... I purvey magical equipment or some such. I, I assure you that I do not. I do not have any control over the undead. Well, if there's, you know, garlic can work against vampires. Maybe there's, you know, a bird seed or something that can work against. <laughs> I'm afraid not. And like this, this is what he has. And he may not have all of that. Well, gentlemen, uh, our wizard has two weeks to live. Uh, it sounds like a long journey no matter where we head. So, uh, where can we steal a horse? <laughs> we're getting... morning. Yeah, we're getting horses I... in the morning. No, no, I, I know, but we are to return the horses, so that's something to keep in the back of your head. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I can, I can always return my horse with the story of how you were attacked by bears and Precisely. eaten with your horse. Very sad what happened. I did my best to defend you. And the horse. Oh yeah, I mean, I bet I meant to did my best to defend the horse. Yes. Who who knows? My you know, my lady may take pity on us and uh, uh, allow us the uh, the use of some horses in the the search of our cure. Or give All you right. a note to take to the bishop. Let's well, wrap it up. Come on, guys, we got things okay, to okay. do. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Off to the end and a night's All rest. Right. Time for a good night's sleep in a fancy... You sure you don't want that round now, uh, (laughs) Argus? All right, so you go to sleep. You have a a well-deserved rest at the Wrinkled Meddler. And we wake up on the 14th of Limewild, so it is sunning, um, which is basically like Sunday. Um, It is wintertime, so I will need a... A... uh, 2d6 roll, please. For you also got to roll hit points. How many hit points do we get back? It's just one. You just get one. We, don't, oh, we, only, we only roll if we take 24 Wait. hours. That's correct, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm at two hit points then. I'm feeling hit. great. Two hit points, baby. Yep, everyone gets a hit so, point. Uh, so roll me 2d6, please. I just uh, did. Oh, I just did. Did. On the On the owlbear? Yeah. I don't see it. Oh, what do I have to do? I have to do something special to make a show. You shouldn't, but John, do you see my roll? I rolled a four and a one. I see nothing. I don't either. Weird. Are you on roll twenty right now? (laughs) I'll I'll roll one and see if you guys can see it. (laughs) On some different VTT. This map is a little strange. You rolled a seven. It's a nice seven. What is it? Well, that bullshit. I rolled a seven. Okay, uh, seven. Uh, nice. It's a it's a the best roll you can get in winter in winter, uh, winter time. So it's a clear and cold day. Amazing. All right. So you're gonna go north to Haramore Keep, I hear. Yes. Is that the dealio? All right. Yes. Okay. One second, please. Well, are we getting the messenger with us as well? Yeah. Or well, yeah. Okay. If, if you don't want him. 
I mean, yeah, there's, I no, there's, just... there's no real reason for him now if you're going to be the messengers. It's up to you. Well, I, mean, I, I think it's good because it like yeah lends legitimacy that we went to the town first. And I agree with that. Yeah, yeah it's to memorize ventriloquism again. <laughs> okay, because talking work, man, it's surprisingly effective. Snell, uh, you find Snell outside in the cold, just sort of sitting, staring off in the distance, <laughs> not entirely there. <laughs> yeah, so thinking about mortality. Do you guys tell Argus what that you're about to die? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are about to die. Salute you. He is. He is distraught. This is terrible. Uh, He's so unhappy. All right, so you got so the rain, you know, there's a coating of ice on the ground and all that kind of good stuff from the freezing rain, but it's a nice, clear, cold day. Um, The horses are snuffling, uh, blowing out their, uh, their, uh, you know, their cold breath into the air. As are you, as you meet up with this messenger, who we will call. um, I just happen to have a don't know what name generator. (laughs) Venus. Uh, We will call him. D twenty roll. His name is. Uh, it's not red. We're gonna call him. I don't like that name. I'm rolling again. Um, Grintog. Grintog's Grintog. messenger. So, uh, Grintog is little more than a, a teenager. But he can ride a horse real well. Um, and he has the livery of House Og's body on him. Uh, one of the elevated councils, uh, and he's going to go with you guys. Uh, so, um, you guys are going to ride out the uh, where is it here? The North Gate, right? The North Gate, which is the Groaning Gate, uh, out the Harrow Road, so right past the front door of the Clashed Antler, um, where you actually have rooms, um, and make your way uh, north towards the Groaning Lock and the seat of House Harrowmore. Uh, and with that, I just want to take a quick break so that we can all go to the bathroom and I can grab myself another Guinness. <laughs> so we will be this podcast brought to you by Guinness. Right back. <laughs> we need some sponsorship. Okie dokie. And we're back with uh, empty bladders and refilled glasses. So we're going to head to the, to the Haramore Keep to the north. All right, so um, you guys have all been given riding horses, basically, um, as fast as you can, um, and you are wished well by the Elevated Council to get news of Lady Violet's location as quickly as possible to Lady Harrowmore at Harrowmore Keep. Um, so there is a road here. Um, the Harrow Road is a little bit narrower than the Swinney Road um, and the Horse Eye Road that goes back to Castle Brackenwald, but um, you uh, travel uh, through the Tangled Forest north of Prigwort for some time um, along the road and you enter into an area of gloomy rugged woods now that are dotted with um, jagged fingers of dark granite that actually kind of pop up um, from time. Yes. Can you put the map back on? We've still got Prigwort on the screen. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Let me switch that. Thanks. Ah, there we go. Okay, so Harrow Road north out of Prigwort. Yes, the Harrow Road. Yeah. Prigwort. Okay, Prigwort. I, see, I see. I got it. I got it. Okay. Yep. Cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, so jagged figures of dark granite start to appear in the forest as well. Um, uh, and, yeah, so it's a craggy forest here. Now, as you enter the area around this, uh, uh, near to the keep, you 
uh, Elfric, another feeling comes over you, a different one. Mm-hmm. Now remember, in Prigwart, it's the moaning of the dead. Around the abbey, it was the gaze of a pitiless malevolence. Here, mm-hmm. a different one. Yet again, you're not quite sure what the hell is going on in this wood, uh, but you perceive the feeling of having just awoken from a dream. So it's there's always something like tantalizing in the back of your head, like you just can't crack quite grasp it, right? Like, um, and everything it just sort of you're perceived as if you're sort of in a dreamlike state as you as you near um, Haramore Keep. Um, so I do need. Um, let's see, what do we got here? We got that. Checking out some mechanics here for traveling through the wild. Uh, Craig Forest. Your auto road. Yeah, so even on the road in this sort of uh, heavy, uh, rugged forest, it's going to be 25% slower than normal. Your um, <clears throat> riding horses are going to give you what? Uh, where are you here? Player's Tome. There you are. Get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Riding horse is going to move at... 240, so that's going to be uh, pretty fast. What is that? 240 divided by 5 is what? Um, 240 divided by 5 is going to be... 40-something. 40-something, yeah. 48. Okay. Yeah, so you it's really fast. So that, that means that you can move 48 miles per day, which is incredibly fast. Wow. Consider that before when you were on foot with uh, the armored guys, you were moving 12 miles a day, right? So 48 is... Um, that's 8 hexes a day. If you were able to just book it across the, um, uh, you know, in an open field, basically, but um, you are in a craggy forest, so it's going to take, let's see, twenty five percent slower. That's uh, yeah, yeah, still not that long. Um, Probably get there before midday, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. yep, fast ride. Um, assuming that nothing happens, and it is a clear, cold day, so you got nothing uh, really holding you back except for the cragginess of the forest um, and your chances of getting lost. But guess who you've got with you? We brought a messenger. Okay. Got a hunter. Oh. The messenger is of no use at all. The lost thing is what it's referring to. Also, oh, I mean, right. there's there's a road. Like, how, how easy is it to lose your... Lost when you're on a, a road. We're in the Dolman. Yeah, <laughs> it is not. It is. It is. It is very uh, not uh, not easy to get lost, which is why I'm looking up right now. We could manage it, I bet. Almost extreme weather conditions. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's not going to affect you here. All right, all right. So I'm just checking ticking off my boxes about wilderness travel, and as as I get used to this hex travel, it'll become more second nature to all of us. But um, basically, uh, just so you guys are aware as well, so if you, we can we can kind of work through this together is. You wake up in the day, and when I'm, uh, this is for all hex travel, right? You wake up in the day. I'm going to ask you where you're going and how you're going to get there, right? Um, then I, uh, depending, and then I check for weather. So depending on your mode of travel, uh, where you're going, so the type of environment that it is, whether or not you're using horses or roads, um, uh, what the weather is affecting your visibility, will all affect like your movement rate and your chances of getting lost, right? So then what I do is I check to see if you're going to get lost. If you're on a road, unless it's extremely severe weather conditions, you have a very small chance of getting lost, um, uh, if at all. So you're not going to have to roll for this time. So we roll for getting lost. Um, Then um, 
uh, I check for encounters for the day. And then um, uh, I'm going to ask you if you want to forage, hunt, or fish. Right? Hunting and fishing is an all-day activity where you don't move at all. Foraging is something that you can do while, while you're on the move. If you want to do focused foraging, where you're sure you're much more likely to find what you want, for instance, nobbled mandrake, for focused yeah. foraging will uh, be something that you have to do uh, for a full day. Um, and then I want to ask if you want to search the hex, right? This is the most important one, right? Uh, you guys did this back in episode one or two where um, you you vastly reduce your your the amount of miles that you can travel, but you are sure to uncover any secrets in the hex. If you say to me that you are not searching the hex, which you're, I, I assume that is the case now where you're just going as fast as you possibly can upon the road, you risk the chance of missing secrets in the hex and you will only see the ones that would be readily noticeable upon the road, right? Or encountered upon the road. Understood? Mm -hmm. That all makes sense? Uh, John, ex okay. excuse me one minute. I just got to go uh, check on a kid. Yeah, I'll, be, sure. yeah, I'll no, be right back. No worries. All right. So uh, with that said, I am going to roll a little thingy thing here, if you don't mind. Second. I'm gonna hide that little jobby right there, and then I'm gonna do a little bit of this action. Okay. All right. So. Yes, you're gonna come across. Okay, great. So I got a bunch of uh, PDFs up here, so I just gotta check what's going on here. Um, all right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so you pound down the road as fast as you possibly can through this area with these dark granite cliffs and the gloomy, rugged, rugged woods soon enough. Um, you can hear groaning, uh, like a groaning wind coming from up uh, the north that you can't quite make up what exactly that is indicative of. Um, doesn't seem to bother Grintog as, uh, at all as you guys keep pounding down the road. And soon enough, as you, as the road uh, is about to sort of make an easterly, um, an easterly turn upon the cliffs of the lock itself, you come across the great and forbidding Haramore Keep. So it's perched atop these high granite cliffs. Um, and... Uh, upon the southern bank of the groaning lock and uh, uh, the full majesty of it can't quite be appreciated unless you're actually down in the lock itself like down at the base of these cliffs where you kind of see it perched upon high upon the cliff but you're actually on top of these cliffs as you come across on the road right um, so it's heavily fortified very tall it has um, steeply roofed turrets at each corner um, and uh uh, a little bit, a, a little stroke of fear goes through all of you as you as you are greeted by the calling of many crows <laughs> that are all roosting uh, within um, uh, in each of the those towers. Um, the gates are facing southward as you come across uh, as you come up on the road, um, and uh, yeah, you can hear that groaning wind and feel it as well as it comes rolling up over the cliffs itself. It looks very forbidding. Um, and you pound, uh, the, the gate is opened. Um, they appear to recognize the livery worn by Grintog, also the livery worn by Halifax, and you are ushered into the keep proper. Um, so 
the interior halls of Harrymore Keep are um, they're chilly, um, echoing stone, um, starkly decorated uh, in sort of high-minded fashion with um, ancient tapestries, um, lots of ancestral suits of armor along the wall, um, lots of ornamental pole arms and banners and heraldry and all that kind of stuff, all uh, rife with the red um, banner of House Harrymore that you have you know you've you've seen on on young, uh, or I should say elderly Swinney's <laughs> shoulder. He's a little bit older, older for a squire. Uh, so soon ceased. Yes. So, um, you're, you're not greeted well when you come in, like, it's not like, um, they roll out the red carpet for you. There's a very sort of austere formality, um, and a general notion that, uh, by the servants that, uh, you're not really wanted here. Not, not, not in like a, you know, it's an evil place. It's just, um, you know, they're, you know, they, they don't really like visitors. They kind of keep to themselves. Um, uh, so I assume that you deliver the news mm -hmm. to those. We do. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I think we let Halifax do it, but yeah. Right. So, of course, that is, um, from the lowliest servant to the highest, um, you are, the, the attitude changes, like, immediately, right? It's like, you know come this way right away, you know, quickly, quickly, you're not moving fast enough, you know, and it's, you know, and you are quickly ushered into the presence of, uh, the Lady Haramore herself, um, who is right here. Ooh. So, oh. um, she is a, um, uh, let's see, where is she here? Matt, we just met Lady Haramore. She hates you. Yeah, I'm afraid we may have told her some stuff. You said you can become a knight in eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so she, um, she's, she's a towering woman. She actually towers over the rest of you. You can immediately see, see the resemblance to um, Violet. Um, uh, she's in her mid-30s. She has a uh, uh, close crop, but like sumptuous black locks. Um, eyes of cool, like large eyes of like the coolest gray. Right, um, and she's dressed in white, uh, vaguely sort of like clerical sort of robes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, now you see as she comes as she comes up that she is she is not in a not in a suspicious sort of way, but she's putting away into her white robe that flute that you see in her hand. There, um, it's a long wooden flute. Um, uh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so she, you you meet her basically not not in the throne room but more in like a salon like a very austere salon, um, and she, uh, despite having heard the news that someone knows where her daughter is, um, she she kind of comes in but like very sort of regally as she you know as she refuses no no hair untucked right, um, very uh, Lady Moraine from Wheel of Time right so um, she just kind of comes comes right in and she's like you have uh, very regal tones you know. Gentlemen, I hear you have news of my daughter. Out with it, then. Like, bow deeply. Matt, I think Matt. You're, you're muted, Matt. No. Right yep, now. there you go. Plug and replug. Um, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, we spared uh, no time at all in getting to you uh, right away. Um, uh Good news is uh, she is alive. Uh, uh, it seems that she is in good health. Bad news. Um, 
I know both of these things. Tell me something I don't know. Where is she? Um, she is in the uh, she's in the old abbey. The and abbey of Saint Cloud, that cursed place. Yes, yes. It, we went searching for her. There were rumors that brigands may have uh, taken her there. That was not the case. No, uh, she seems to have been bewitched. By which? By which manner of creature? By which? Oh, by oh. one of the Droon? Who? We don't oh, know. Uh, Mr. Ragonbones, your ladyship. Old we, Mr. Ragonbones. Master Swinner, tell we don't your know. friend there to stop speaking nonsense. Tell me exactly who has my daughter. Well, that that was the, uh, uh, forgive his uh, uh, insolence, lady, but uh, that is the name that was given to us of the, of the creature. It was a magical creature that could transform itself into a murder of crows and you can see by the state of us, we were uh, 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 barely able to escape with uh, our lives when we tried to rescue her. Uh, her Princess eyes Violet. widen, and she, as you, as she hears a description of this thing, and she's like, "A gloam. It must be." I did not think that they still existed. It must be uh, have been attracted to all of the uh, the evil that has infested that site at the abbey. How did she, how did Violet find her way there? How did the gloam? Perhaps the gloam was here. She could see her kind of rolling it around in her head. Uh, forgive me, my lady. Oh, forgive me, my lady. But you do have a large number of crows here, which seems to be associated with a creature that, frankly, has claimed our lives. We met with an apothecary in Prigwart. He says that the majority of our party has been infected with a fatal disease in combat with this creature that is so ill news i am so that is so unfortunate to hear uh and i cannot even begin to thank you for uh for braving the the dangers of the abbey in order to find my lost child without any sort of prompting but uh quite an amazing feat of bravery if not and uh she smiles grimly of uh foolhardiness um as she kind of looks over your your sorry ass forms, it was uh, it was Halifax's idea there, your ladyship. He's he's quite devoted to the house here in war, and he insisted. And uh, well, being as we're all comrades, you know, we we figured, yeah, right. Let's go in, save the little girl. You indeed, a... my lady. As 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 soon as we uh, came to Prigwart and, and heard of her disappearance, I I I couldn't do anything but uh, my best to bring her home. Uh, you are a true servant of House Harrimore, Master Swinney. I do remember seeing you at court. Your master was, uh, uh, not your master, your your mentor was uh, Sir, um, and this is your point, Matt, uh, is your, I have two possible names. D is, okay. your, is your mentor knight a, a male or a female? Uh, let's go female. Female, okay, cool. Uh, your mentor knight was the Sir Eleanor, is that correct? Yeah, uh, that, that is uh, correct. Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, she she puts up a finger and like a servant that was you know like a footman like way back in the shadows it just immediately disappears through the door. Um, and we will tell uh, Sir Eleanor of your of uh, of the execution of your duty. Now the so you are saying that my daughter 
and her two friends are still in the clutches of this gloam in the abbey, in the bell tower. This is true. We uh, almost lost our lives in trying to uh, uh, help them escape. They seemed to be under the, uh, under the spell of this creature. They didn't want to leave. The gloam are creatures, are collecting creatures. That is what they do. Always macabre op uh, objects for some strange, unknown reason, putting them to macabre uses. But they don't like to do the collecting themselves. They delight in charming the innocent either the feeble-minded or children or, or or truly devout pious servants of the church into doing their bidding and forcing them to uh, unwillingly to, um, by coercing their minds into collecting the pieces for themselves. Uh, it is likely, now that I think of it, and as you brought up, Elfric, that it used the cover of our own rooks to infiltrate the castle and charm my poor Violet and take her away for its nefarious purposes. The only beneficial side of the situation that I can see is that it is probably perfectly safe, uh, that my daughter is probably perfectly safe while being protected by this awful creature, um, as evidenced by your, uh, your attempts to free her. Um, she did seem unharmed. But... What, one... Oh, yep. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I, was, I would just say, uh, sorry, sorry to interject, uh, Lady Haramore. One thing your daughter did mention was that she was speaking with you through a locket about her neck regularly. I was suspicious this, that this wasn't fair to you, but I can't help but ask. She looks at you and kind of narrows her eyes a little bit and smiles a little bit. It's like, hmm. She was not as canny as I was, as I was hoping she would be, probably effects of being uh, charmed by the creature. But uh, yes, that is indeed true. And she reaches down into her bodice and pulls out a like a... Uh, uh, Interesting. Um, a, another locket, a similar locket to the one that you saw. And she says, yes, th with this that has been in my family for many generations, uh, daughter is able to talk to mother and back uh, and vice versa, but only those relations. Um, and I have been able to talk to her, but she has been unable or unwilling to relay her location. And now, of course, the final piece of the puzzle, um, I now know why she was unable to do so. The effects of the gloam. Uh, this is how, of course, I know that she is in good health um, and that she is alive. She she claimed to have always been there, uh, uh, very obviously bewitched by this. Uh, yes, that is, that's according to what I know about the gloam. Then um, that is uh, that does fall in line with what the Lord tells me. Uh, I should uh, I uh, me John should go back and correct that. Um, it's not only daughter to mother it's you can communicate with your mother by using the locket regardless of your gender oh interesting okay yeah john i want to take an opportunity to make sure that uh lady harrowmore finds out that the uh the brewers council were instrumental in getting us here quickly uh full support uh a great concern for your daughter etc cetera, etc cetera. Noted, of course. Loaned, she, loaned she, us these horses. Yeah. She, she nods um, uh, to Grintog, who, who bows deeply. Um, the elevated council is always at your service, great lady. Um, we do so wish that you would come visit more often. Uh, she says that may actually be in order now that I think about it. I am so harried. Um, she shows like a little bit signs of breaking a little bit with emotion. I am so harried with uh, uh, thoughts of the... Uh, 
of the nag lord and his minions in, uh, encroaching upon the north and now with my daughter lost i have uh, not been able to focus um on my duties as a lord i i do need to get to prigwart and check on the defenses that are being built there um but my daughter is in danger and i will brook no more wasted time um and she stands up and she she calls out and she goes uh, she calls out she's like knights you know it's like very much like the uh that, that scene in Excalibur where, uh, you know, King Arthur calls all of his knights to him, you know, and Carmina Burana kicks in, and you know, right? So they, um, she, she calls all of her knights to her as she, like, saunters out of the hall. And uh, uh, it, unless, do you guys want to ask her anything else or talk to her about anything else? No, but I want to make an offer. I'll be like, my lady, our lives are already spent in the, in the service of this quest. So we will gladly act as um, scouts or... Um, you know, to your knights and uh, show them where we encountered the creature. This is well, and I thank you again for your service. Um, and as she, like, so she's immediately sort of surrounded by, um, uh, not courtesans, but like servants and um, uh, uh, knights and, you know, like people who are like logistics and all that kind of stuff, like immediately, like just like she walks out of the room and she's surrounded. Um, and so she, it's sort of like those walk and talk scenes from like West Wing, right? Like where she's walking down the hallway with a whole bunch of people and you guys are amongst them. And she um, and she's talking to you and shouting out orders at the same time. Like all business now, like she has got she's laser focused on getting her daughter back, whatever it takes. Um, and you can hear like the whole castle just like come alive, like all of all of a sudden, like everyone's right. running around quarters. Um, and uh, just one of the many things that she sort of offhandedly uh, tells a servant, she's like, "Get these men one thousand pieces of gold for bringing me news of solid news of the piece of uh, the location of my daughter." And and then she goes off and like, "They make sure that I have the horses saddled for them." You know, <laughs> it's like very much like just off the cuff, like bring them a thousand pieces of gold. Um, and you are brought one thousand pieces of gold. Congratulations. Quick, right? quick, quick thought, real quick, guys. Uh, is it possible that she could have any sort of influence at Casson Brackenwald with getting us an audience with the bishop? And if so, should we try to get that rather than a thousand gold? Just a thought. Frank, that's one of our two options. Having the same thought, David, I don't think that's a bad idea. Maybe just a letter of introduction or does. 250 gold each buy us what we need. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we could just ask her, right? We don't say thank you. And uh, by the way, we've heard that the, uh, that the bishop may be able to help uh, us not die. Let, let's just tell her, like, be like, um, after, after we have accomplished the retrieval, assisted your knights in the retrieval of your daughter um we've been told by an apothecary in prigwart that the bishop or one of his higher minions might be able to assist us with overcoming this fell disease something along those lines does that make sense she she, she certainly stops like in the midst of all of her uh her organizing and she realizes that oh yeah she's talking to dead men basically yeah. you know what i mean like she's she she's like i've been she apologizes. Like I, I've been coarse, uh, and I have forgotten that your fates uh, do not look too kind. Do, the fates do not look too kindly upon you. Um, I will be honest with you. I, of course, uh, can bend the ear of the duke himself, um, but the duke himself does not have uh, sway. It does not have that much sway over the bishop uh, of of the church. 
of the Peleitic Church. He is one of the archbishops of the church, um, uh, answerable only to the uh, to the Pope in high vocantium. So, uh, and as far as I know, uh, I am a true and pious servant of the one true uh, of of God. But uh, I do not know much about these divine rituals per se, but from what I know uh, is that the ritual to purge you of the death rot is uh, of the highest, uh, the highest sort of faith that only the bishop um, and maybe his highest service could perform. Um, and so his willingness to do this, like my, my ability to, uh, to, uh, to, to sway him will be minimal, but um, I could definitely get your foot in the door, which is more than most people can do when it comes to the bishop. Uh, but I would uh, lower your expectations as to his um, uh, his mercy. <laughs> My lady, we can only ask of you what you are able to do. Uh, well, I will do this uh, in the form of one of the men that I'm going to send with you in order to uh, hopefully ensure the release of my daughter from the clutches of the globe gloam and as she, as you're walking through the hallways you actually stop at uh, one um, out in the courtyard there's actually a small uh, small chapel um very ornate but small and standing before it um basically uh, strapping on armor right now and like saddling on his horse is this crazy looking dude um and she may <laughs> may i introduce you to the reverend costantius um that's costantius with a k um, and this guy whips around and he's like, he's like strapping on like big pieces of like ornate plate mail, you know, having like a servant put it on him. Huge guy, big bulbous nose, um, like big red bulbous nose, big red mutton chops that complement that nose. Um, um, and he whips around with like fiery eyes, like the, like the eyes of like true zeal, right? You know, like, <laughs> you know, um, and he whips around and then the words that come out of his mouth are actually very quiet actually a very quiet person um uh and she says may i introduce the reverend costantius and he's and he bows over his great bulk um and he shoes away his squire who's who's bolting on his plate mail and um he's like it is a pleasure i'm sure and you see that he has although i don't know exactly what it is because i forgot to look it up um but he has the sign um he, he has the revelator uh on his tunic of course that announces him as a as a priest of the of of uh prophet Isaiah, but uh, but he is of the order of saint cygnus known as saint cygnus the silent which is the order of the lich words who are the the uh the specific military order that is charged with making sure that the dead stay dead i i pull out my air symbol and i kneel before him and ask for his blessing my child Spirit is together. We will bring the lady Violet's daughter, but we will bring the lady's daughter back to her mother's arms and put this creature back into the ground. And you see, like, with that, he like he, um, uh, a, a servant, like, with like a, it's like a little boy with like a tonsured head comes forward, like, on a pillow coming out of the chapel. Um, like, you know, he's like offering it towards with like his head down, you know, I can't see in the camera, he's, like offering it with his head down. Um, uh, there is like this beautiful fuck off mace, right? Like beautifully <laughs> flanged and ornate and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's got like silver uh, tips on all the flanges, you know, um, big like revelator on the, uh, what's the top piece called? Is it, it Ted of a mace? Does it really have a name? A head. 
the head. It's yeah, called the head. Um, yeah, it's like a, a brutally worked revelator on the top. Um, uh, uh, like red wrapped hilt, and he like picks it up with reverence, and then like he sticks it into like a hanger on the side of his belt, you know. And um, I love GM. I love GM PCs. Like... <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Begging um, your pardon, your reverendship. Uh, it's a great. Great miracle that you're accompanying us on account of a, a promise we made to uh, sub-prior Mumsalot up in the Abbey. Uh, uh, we haven't apparently previously mentioned, in addition to the gloam, there's a rather a large number of uh, uh, animated corpses about up there. Uh, it was rather uncanny and extremely upsetting for a dead sub-prior to come speak to us. Uh, I hope you might be able to help. It was, it was, sir. You're absolutely right. It was an abomination, and he knew it, and he made us promise to help him. I'm so glad you're coming. We we had to put him down. I smashed his head in. He says, "My service is to God and to the Lady Harrowmore. Although I wish to see all of the undead put to their final rest, I do not. Right, have, I. That is not my mission." Oh. That, that those though the, the the grounds of the ruined abbey of Saint Cluid are unholy. It must be cleansed by a power greater than my own. Oh right, right, right. But I well, won't. still, a little prayer won't hurt, right? A prayer never hurts. Myself. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and uh, so, all right. So basically, um, the force that is going to go south to pre-war. And then, you know, because they can't really go through the forest. Um, and then west along the Swinney Road is basically 15 strong uh, of a retinue of, of fully armored knights on chargers. Um, these are the best that she can pull from the keep itself. She is um, she bemoans the fact that so many of her personal uh, retinue is uh, now up north, uh, kind of protecting the borders from the Nag Lord. Um, and so that she does not have um, her full strength here at Haramore Keep. And she does show a little bit of worry that she is basically leaving the keep defenseless. Um, you know, there's, you know, she's only leaving basically some footmen and stuff like that here in order to defend it. Basically, she's sending the full force of her knights to go get her daughter back, um, along with um, Reverend Costantius as well. Uh, and with that, she wishes you Godspeed, and she uh, hopes that you will bring her daughter back safely of course she um gives uh basically the retinue although obviously you guys as pcs can um, mark it down as your own she's going to give you uh two scrolls one is a scroll of protection from undead mm. okay um protection scrolls in ose particularly protection scrolls can be actually be used by anybody anyone even if you're not a caster mm. all right um, and she also scrolls, uh, pulls out, and this also comes out of the chapel, this second one, right? Not the first one. The other one, the first one is a magical thing. It's cool, but, you know, it's not no no ceremony brought out. But, but this other one is brought out in the same sort of ceremonial way that the mace was brought out. Um, and this is another scroll, but she tells you, um, actually, the Reverend Costantius would probably tell you, that this is um, supposedly the actual handwriting of St. Cygnus himself. Mm according to legend, it's taken from the crypts of the Abbey where St. Cygnus was supposed to have uh, uh, sat in silence in the Abbey that he was uh, the abbot of. 
uh, this is in the legendary times, and he would uh, go down to the crypts and venerate silently the uh, the angels and martyrs and saints that were depicted upon the the abbey walls, and um, uh, he was assailed by phantoms in the crypts one dark night, and all he did was raise his lip his finger to his lips, and the phantoms uh, never haunted the place again, and thus he was known as Saint Cygnus the Silent. Uh, and that's the the, the order the of which words was uh, created. So I'd be uh, happy. If so this is supposedly his actual handwriting, um, uh, and this has sort of been a relic that's been passed down through the Haramore family uh, as well. Um, and she is willing to use it and see its uh, destruction in defense and retrieval of her child. Um, it is a scroll of dispel evil, which, um, if you know your OSC, is uh, one of the highest level. Cleric spells. Very, very nasty fifth level spell. Well, what was the other scroll? Protection against undead or just protection? A protection from undead. From undead, okay. Alright, that's so pretty cool. A, 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 a spell scroll, which the scroll of dispel evil is, um, can only be cast by someone who, who has that on their spell list. In other words, in this case, a cleric or a friar. Um, but you do not have to be of a high enough level to cast a spell in order to use it. Right. So Castantius, even though he's nowhere near and nowhere, I mean, yeah, I, I made him out to be cool, like a GMPC sort of thing, but he's not that high level. Um, he's nowhere near high enough level to actually cast um, Dispel Evil. Um, as you can see, Cure Disease is right up there as well. <laughs> the one that you really want that also cannot be cast by Reverend Castantius, and he is nowhere near being able to cast it. So don't even bother asking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he get promoted within the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, do you want? I, I feel like I've just sort of been narrating shit. Do you guys? I mean, I, I want to. I'm man. thoroughly enthralled. So. right now. Okay. I want to. All right. So I have a couple questions. Yeah. Yeah. Shush. I have a couple questions. Damn. Um, it just be real quick, Mike. Uh, are we basically like we arrive, we give her the story, she puts everybody on horses, and we ride out again? Is that? basic plan we're not like leaving in the morning it's like right now right but uh, she would rather do that yes yeah okay you've got fine. the time actually because it only took you a few hours to get here yep uh, and so, on horses we should be able to get there still before dark right to prigwort we'll get to we can get back to prigwort and i mean um those are it seemed like the horses were very fast it's a long way to well no if we can do 48 no, miles in a day yeah, it's only like it was only like what fifteen or so miles. Yeah, I think he said probably take. Uh, let's see, that's be the rest of the day. We'd be getting to the Abbey six, at night. Twelve. Yeah, you get there by the end of the day, assuming that everything goes over well, goes well. The only thing I oh. want to say is that if we're doing this now, um, as we pass through Prigwort, I I need to buy a shield. If I've got two hundred. Ask her if you can have a shield from her armory. Oh, I couldn't do that. She's a great lady, and I'm just a poor old broken down fighter from from uh, drag man. What you know? I'm not going to go around asking her for stuff. She gave me well, money. You want me to do it? Can Halifax <laughs> ask um, uh, some of the uh, knights that they're riding with if they have uh, extra extra shields for um, himself and uh, for Argus? Uh, you ask like a random uh, knight whether or not they do, and the person that turns around, uh, who is just putting on a helm, turns around, and you see that it's 
Lady Eleanor, of course. Um, Lady oh. Eleanor is um, she is uh, she. Uh, the, 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 this is the sad fact. Halifax, she's younger than you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> only slightly, only slightly. But she, okay. she, uh, uh, she is. Um, she's not the most uh, beautiful woman. Um, she actually sort of like a bit of like a like a, a chinless woman, uh, you would say, with a hawk nose. But she, um, she has very large eyes that kind of stare, um, uh, stare you down, right? Um, but um, you've always known her to be a fair, if somewhat stern, um, mentor and trainer. Um, and she says. Why, yes, Master Swinney, of course your friends can have as many shields as they can possibly carry. Although by the looks of them, and by the looks of yourself, uh, that will not be too many. Um, how about, she kind of she, she kind of looks at your arm, and she's like, looks like you are not going to be carrying anything for any time soon. That is a shame. And then she sees the marks on your arm, and she, and she just, she shakes her head sadly, basically. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit hurtful, right? Like, she kind of turns away like... I had thought I had something good there, but you know, won't be much. Longer. Sorry, bro. You going to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's just a scratch. I'm sure we'll be able to take care of it. Uh, and then you see that she readily starts to take command of the troops, and that she will actually be um, the knight in charge of the expedition. Um, uh, kind of sharing responsibility. Well, no, she's actually in charge. I will say, Reverend Castantius is there for like a very specific reason. And um, and he has no authority over those knights, right? Like he's a servant of the church, not uh, he doesn't have any authority within within House Haramore. So, so Mike, that was my only question. I'm done interrupting your your mojo. You can get back to the action. Let's go. All right. So you uh, so it's a very sort of grand scene, right? As like 15 knights, this fuck off cleric, and you four, like all like and uh, Grintog, of course, all like plow out of the front gate of uh of house harrimore you know and you, you will say that you see the lady herself framed against the drawbridge you know uh, wishing you well as you as you plow out, off to save her daughter and you churn up the road um to get back to prigwort um which you do um the town is in full like this is in the middle of the day now right so the town is in full swing um everything kind of it's a nice day as well so every uh, everyone is t quite taken aback the streets are very very busy as as you come barreling through the groaning gate right into the town square you know this massive revenue uh, retinue um and then uh i would say probably there's like a a 20 minute lull as you sort of water your horses uh at some place you know um uh you know a lots of grooms and stuff like that come out try to take the bridles and the knights like shake them off like we've got no time man you know off to the abbey you know and you plow off into the um out the west uh, along the swinney road and make your way uh let me check here give me one moment please da -da 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 -da. What if a bunch of bandits attacked us right now on the road? Oh, yeah, they'd be so fucked. <laughs> Father fucks a lot. We just destroy them with his mace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> nothing untoward happened. So it's been a relatively, um, you're going through the tangled forest. Um, yeah, the choked ravines of the, yeah. That's not really that place. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, the hushed oak woods before the abbey itself. Um, uh, you can still hear that periodic groaning 
the uh, feeling of uh, being in a dream, of course, uh, leaves once again. Elfric, replaced by the moaning of the dead, disappears once again when you're on the Swinney Road, and then, of course, comes back full force when you're within miles of the Abbey itself as that gaze of of, uh, of malevolence, like something is watching you. Um, and uh, you feel it most strongly, but, of course, everyone feels a sense of dread as they near the Abbey itself. And once again, um, everyone sort of, as you near the Abbey, the entire retinue sort of slows down, walks carefully up towards that path, that um, that uh, rocky path that sort of encircles the knoll that leads up to the Abbey. Um, and uh, everyone sort of dismounts. And they look to, I would say, Alienor for for leadership and she she sort of defers to you like in, as, as eyewitnesses and have encountered the thing itself they look to you to sort of tell them like how are we going to approach this you know um not at night would be my advice <laughs> we, we do think that the lady will be safe until morning um through my magical arts i will try to draw the children towards our group um, and see if I can use like my ventriloquism spell to get them to come to us. And then perhaps we can take them without even confronting the gloam or without having the children be in the middle of the battle. Is that acceptable? Uh, you see like Reverend goes, he's like, I don't, the thought of using magical trickery, I do not agree with, but I understand. I understand. Getting the I understand. Your I, I do want to assure you that I am I am vetted by the church, and that although I am but a poor arcane spellcaster, um, I have the blessing of the one true God. You do not need to explain yourself to me; only to God in the end, which will be soon for you, sorcerer. Mm -hmm. But I will say this: yeah. it is uh, indeed prudent that we we separate the children from the gloom, but the gloom. We will have to face one way or the other. It will not allow us to take the children, as you so as you know quite well. Separate the children using whatever magics you have at your disposal. And then I, and he whips out like the mace, you know, will destroy the gloom. <laughs> uh, well, if we're going to spend the night, we've got a nice campsite, <clears throat> very sheltered, uh, comfy. I hope someone brought a cook pot. Um, all 15 nights are like uh <laughs> no okay yeah so we'll, we'll speed it up so yeah you 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 go to the trappers camp and they set up like a very uh like you know a military sort of thing right so the tents go up and you know the picket lines are set up and blah 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 and it's very you know da, 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 da. um and they are ready to rock um they're uh, with a force of 15 knights of house Haramore and a cleric of the one true god in your retinue, there is basically zero chance that anything with any brain is going to fuck with you at night. So that said, um, I'm just going to say that uh, there's plenty of fire, plenty of warmth, plenty of camaraderie, and uh, you guys are all able to get a, a decent night's sleep despite the dread lurking above you a mere about 100 yards away. Um, uh, so you get a good night's rest, and so anyone who's down, you gain one more hit point. I'm in three, baby! That's your max. You hit points. All we need. Yeah. So now it, a... now it is what? Uh... Oh, 15th of Limewald. 15th of Limewald. Okay. So um, 
on the 15th of Limewald, which is Kali, by the way, market day back in Prigwart, um, uh, Ar uh, Elfric, your blood loss um, is now no longer a thing. So you actually, um, you, you only get up to three, but your maximum now is back here at four. Good. Yup, thank you. No, thank you. I have a quick, I have a quick question, uh, John. Uh-huh. The thought I had in regards to cook pots. Would it be uh -oh. un would it just in general, this isn't specific to our situation, would it be uncommon for someone to take their uh, kettle helm off and throw it on a fire and cook with it? Yes, it would. It would ruin the hardness of your helmet. Don't it ever would. do that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I'm sure that in, you know, medieval times, plenty of dudes did it because they didn't have a cook pot and they had a helmet. But I'm just saying, don't ever cook soup in your helmet. Taking notes. Well, they've got cook pots. So they brought stuff. Um, so, uh, the, oh, and also, uh, um, Halifax, your arm is okay now. So okay. you've been working it out hey, right. and you're able to like, you're like, oh, all right, I think I can. Okay. Got it. Um, uh, you can also I'll fall off in a few days, but uh, okay. Until then, uh, the 15 nights, you know, that's, um, I should say like, there's more than 15 people, right? There's like the, the knights also have like their squires with them as well. So, um, uh, you know, there, there's like a lot of stuff that goes along with a retinue like this, like a basically like a mini camp. So, um, there is another, there is a shield that you can take with you. Should you like. Um, that's there, right? And uh, would like that very much. You are expected uh, to help uh, Eleanor don her armor and arm her for battle. Oh yeah, I, 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 I shall do this. Yeah. Um, and then you do so yourself, and you and um, everyone is like, you know, just do, do. it's like the the commando montage scene, right? Like, sick, sick, you know, shik, shik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking going in the back. Right up. Yeah. Yes. So swords, spears, um, maces all come out. Um, the, uh, Reverend Costantius brings everyone together um, and uh, uh, offers a benediction and a blessing to everybody. Great. Um, we shall go into battle and conquer. Um, uh, uh, and bring the light of God to this unholy place. And you slowly march up the steps. We are. Oh, wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Roll for um, weather first. Let's see what kind of environment we're fighting in. Want me to roll? Also, I was, I was hoping that we okay. could kind of put my plan into place. But go ahead. Yeah, Ted, roll for weather. I have an eight. Oh, joy. It's going to be a lo another lovely day of freezing rain, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ted. It's fitting, though. You know, this is like... You wouldn't want it to be a beautiful sunny day when you go fight a gloam, right? You want it to be dark and wet and miserable. Sure. And uh, it makes oh, the campfire that much better after our victorious That's right, uh, yeah. defeat of the gloam. Hey, the good news is we're already poisoned, so... Right. Uh, it has already happened. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the blackness on your flesh, guys, has um, spread uh, enough now that it's not just individual little circles around your wounds. They now, those have now connected up, basically. And it's like sort of, uh, it's, it's become less more of like buboes and more like, um, like black veins of stuff, something like underneath the skin that are kind of connecting together. Right. So there's like a fine intricate lace work of, of blackness that have, um, 
It's a horrible <laughs> word, isn't it? Bubos. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, are they separating sores? Are they dripping pus no, out of the boobo? The flesh is necrotizing and turning black. Uh, so does it get little, like crunchy? Yeah, or, a little bit of crunchy, a little like flaking off and stuff like that, and black wisps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It has not affected like your head area, though, so it's pretty easy to kind of keep under wraps. Um, anyways, so you make your slow way up in the freezing rain. I finally found a picture of your fucking uh, cleric, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> there he is, yeah, man. But red, red mutton chops, though, man. Bare chin. Red, red mutton chops. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so you you make your way up um, in the freezing rain. The uh, the everything's very slick, right? So um, and but the sun is not shining at all. So it's just like a just sort of like a uh, a patina of ice across the entire grounds, right? Um, and uh, you, as the first person steps up onto the, the, through the gate, that ruined gate of the abbey, you just hear a single like, wait, wait, can I do my plan though? Can I, can I try and do my plan? Yeah, we can should I, wait outside of the gate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I convince the knights and everyone to take up positions to charge? We wait for the kids to come out and collect teeth. I use the ventriloquism to be like, hey, there's really good teeth over here. <laughs> Draw them away, and then you know, like lure them, like lure them to past the graveyard, kind of thing, and then have the knights like waiting in ambush for the gloom to show up. Uh, Makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you don't want the knights to like be near the tower. I I want them to set up an ambush for the gloom, right? Like I want them to basically take shelter in the ruined the ruined wall around the perimeter yeah and when the kids like start coming out to collect teeth for the day yeah i'm going to use like ventriloquism to be like hey guys i found a huge stack of teeth over here come on over guys right and then i draw them as far away from the tower as possible we snatch them up kind of like what we did last time but this time when the when the asshole shows up hmm we give them a little bit of that GM NPC love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the um, all right, yeah, that's fine. They, they, yeah, they, but I'm they, using ventriloquism, man. Yeah, you yeah, should be straight. so. Happy. No, I am. Yeah. So they, so yeah, you do that, and so you. What do you say? Like, there's teeth over here. Like, towards yeah, I'm gonna be like, hey, kids, um, we found a whole huge stack of teeth over here. Come on over, and then I'll do like a, I'll put. Since ventriloquism just says you can you can cast your you can make your voice appear from any location, like a source or a statue or an animal, but it's like range is sixty feet, mm-hmm. and it lasts like two turns, dude. So it lasts like twenty minutes. Yep. So I'm gonna keep on having it like move farther away from them, so that they keep coming. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't even take that much. So you say that, um, and within uh, just a couple minutes, the um, you see the three children once again looking raggedy wearing you know um violet wearing her raggedy robes and all that kind of stuff they kind of pop their heads out three stooges style once again and um and they say come on willie bilby did you hear that said, there's more teeth over here in the graveyard and willie's like well i suppose it is time to go get some stuff for mr rag and bones let's go let's go you know and so they they come they they come popping out onto the snow come all see. right and i keep trying to draw them over i'll be like Hey, guys, guys, there's like really good teeth over here. Hey, we met a couple days ago, you know, and just kind of keep drawing them a Bilby couple. Like yanks on Violet's coat. He's like, 
he's like, Violet, who's who's talking? Who's t-? she's like, I don't know, Bill Gray. Oh my goodness, look at all these teeth. This is crazy. Look, this one's gold and this one's silver. And these ones are really, really, really white. Mister, you better show yourself. And that's like Willie has it. And they keep keep coming and all that, you know. So at this point, they basically like reached the graveyard. Where are all these teeth? Who are you? Where are you? Are you in the mausoleum? You see wisps. Oh, no, it's not the mausoleum. Yeah, around the mausoleum. Found a giant bag of teeth over here. You guys can have all of them. Okay, so it 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 has worked, right? They are they are far away from the bell tower. Now what? Okay. But they're so not coming closer to the gate. Far away from the bell tower. Me and the Muppets will grab the kids and make a run for it, knowing that as soon as we grab those kids, Mister Fucking you know Brandon uh, Lee is going to come flying out of there. And he's going to ass. <laughs> so they got to be quick. They got to be funny on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. That was a lot. Uh, the Muppets are the other three PCs. That's what I'm assuming. Is, is, that, is that what's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah. I'm a Muppet now. Your minions. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So you you grab the kids. The kids, you know, you, you leap out. Um, uh, you were waiting in ambush, so I'm not even going to have them roll for surprise, right? So they, you... you you leap out and grab them. Um, who's got which kid? I think Harold Moore guy gets. Uh, uh, I'll take. Violet. I'll t- take. Uh, I'll take Violet. Yeah. Well, don't all which one wants to save the boys? <laughs> <laughs> I can give a shit about the boys. <laughs> if, if none of them will grab, if none of them are going to volunteer, I'll, I'll grab, grab one of the boys. I'll grab. One I'll of grab boys. the little guy. I'll grab the littlest one. I think those who who are already uh, assigned an imminent death should grab the boys because yeah, uh, absolutely. And I've already used has a bright future. Spell. Yeah, I've already used my one spell for the day, so I'm done. I'm just okay. So the <laughs> moment you grab the children, they they they're like, "Mr. Ragabones, they're back, they're back." Yeah, you know, and and uh, and within you know just a split second, like all the crows come out the the um and they they swirl around vague humanoid form cawing and screaming um you could hear in the back it's like how dare you return you kind of hear like within like that cloud of crows um and then um uh and then basically you hear like a now you know and it, that's alienor and, <laughs> and they, they all leap over the leap over the ruins of the wall um led by alienor and, and uh reverend Costantius, um who um just silently is less like leaps over and runs it just sort of slightly like stalks towards like you know like the bell tower with like his mace like in one two hands just you know just moving forward like a fucking uh inquisitor from fucking 40k you know um and uh uh the the gloam um instead of like forming like a humanoid form just basically attacks everybody just like like crows like all over everybody including you so, uh, okay, hey man, okay, hey. All right, yeah, so they're they're positive, right? So if I get I, if I get stung by the bee again, I'm clean. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> don't forget that you are slow, Snell. Um, uh, so, oh man. So uh, John, I was holding back uh, and and kind of staying with the knights, um, definitely letting them charge ahead of me. Uh huh. Um. So I don't know where exactly you're envisioning everybody being versus graveyard versus gate versus, you know, the the tower. But 
if these if the other Muppets have grabbed the kids and are running towards the gate, mm-hmm. um, then I would I was imagining I would wait there with the knights at the gate and you know help to cover their retreat as they're trying to get down the the slope. So like I'll right. do a fighting right. retreat, you know, yeah, down. I get it. So them. yeah, too late. Didn't read. I don't want to be attacked. The knights can be attacked. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, Got it. Okay. That, that's not what I meant. Uh, you know, but okay, fine. In, in one way, shape, or form. That's not my point. My point was that, you know, Argus is not charging over the wall with the reverence. No, he's okay. the coward. How much con does he have? Wait, wait. How much con does he have? <laughs> yeah, not enough. <laughs> not enough. Let's just say I will fail that role if I get scratched. All right. Did so, drawing the kids away from the tower give us any kind of a tactical advantage? Uh, what do you mean tactical it advantage? Doesn't sound like it. And any heightened chance of survival? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking at things. Give me a second here. Um, All right. I still think that if we get the kids out of the gate, they'll they'll probably mystically, you know, that's typically where you break the spell, you know. I mean, in all the fairy tales, you know, you get okay. through the that's gate. What was, that's no, what I was hoping the in the first it. round. <laughs> that's what the knights converge on this thing, thinking that they're going to be fighting like a single creature. Yeah. Uh, much to their dismay, they are not. So I'm not going to be doing this. Basically, if you guys are not going to engage with the thing, and you're going to basically take those children from under out of the gate. Um, I'm not going to make this a phase-by-phase battle. So um, what occurs is, is based upon the statistics of this creature, okay, it can basically attack um, six, up to six different creatures per round in its flock form um, with the obvious foes of the knights and the cleric in front of it. That's who it's going to attack, all right? Um, um, you guys take the, the children out. So they are screaming and kicking, and it's all you can do. Basically, your movement is halved as you're trying to, like, get these kids out from underneath the gate. You make it out with the kids, um, and you're waiting for the gloam to suddenly be like, okay, I guess they got him. It doesn't happen, right? No. Like getting through the gate, it's like means nothing to the gloam. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's no magical barrier that protects the the abbey or anything like that. So um, that's that's kind of a bummer. Um, as you're like, okay, are we are we okay now? Can we all retreat with the kids? And the gloam is like literally shredding these knights to pieces, right? So. Um, uh, without even rolling, based upon the Gloam stats versus what a Knight's average stats are, um, the Gloam makes uh, short handiwork of um, at least like five of those Knights, right? Like they just, wow, they're just like screaming and blood and feathers, just like, ah, you, know, ah, you know, it is the rabbit, you know, and it's just, it's just awful. <laughs> um, there, bros. You know what you're going through. Feel your pain. <laughs> uh, yes. So you uh, um, still silent, not commanding anybody. Um, very, very quiet is Reverend Costantius, who basically towers over everybody else. Um, and but you hear his whispering voice basically kind of cut through everything, and he, and he goes, he goes, creature, face me. Um, and the thing like whips around at it, and you know it's it's basically like a Gandalf versus Balrog sort of situation. It's fucking epic, right? Like the the two, like the gloam. Um, coalesces down into like its humanoid form like with the long beak and like the claws made of crow's beaks you know what i mean it's like and, like it goes right down into its into its face um into Constantius's face and he whips out the mace right um and they basically start to duke it out um and uh no one seems to be getting the upper hand um 
and you see that it's going to be one of those situations where the the mace despite what his probable powers are are not going to be enough he initially tries to actually turn the creature and that has zero effect like he holds forth like his holy symbol and it's like be gone creature you know and the, it just like moves forward and rakes him and you know it's it's bad news uh uh, so, uh can we cast that protection from undead on him uh yes you can absolutely it some if, if no one else has it I'll, or thinks of it i'll just grab it out of alfred's pocket and cast it on the reverend okay yeah, what was the other spell again sorry we have, a, we have a protection from undead and a scroll of dispel evil which i can't cast only he can, only he can cast it yeah only he cast it so i, I thought he, he had, had it though yeah, I thought that was the whole thing. I assume he has it, but yeah, John said it. any of us can okay. have the other one. So, well, I'm assuming he gotcha. didn't take the one that you can't use at all, right? Yeah. Right. I'll, so I'll, I'll just, I thought of it. I'll grab it. I'll cast it on him. Uh, yeah. Give me a second here. Quick spells. Uh, Is it a first level spell, John? Protection. It's it's not a spell. It's just it's it's, its own thing. Protection, protection scrolls are not spell scrolls. Uh, let's see. Are they like ancient earth magic kind of thing? or? Huh? No, it's just OSE, right? There's protection oh, scrolls, right. which anybody can use. Oh, right. And then there are right. spell scrolls, which only people who have those spells in their list can, can cast, right? So, I see. Yeah. Um, all right, so you throw up the protection from undead uh, spell, like you know, and you can see like the right. field, like, and there's like a revelator that sort of forms in the air, like around him, you know. Um, he nods at you briefly and thanks for it. Um, as the uh, as the gloam reaches for him and is repelled back, um, is like like that, and he takes that moment to um, basically pull out of a scroll tube and he does it like a flourishing moment a motion where he like whips out the scroll and is like you know and like down it goes you know he holds it with two hands and he's like by the power of the prophet I saw you know you know the order of saying like this and he's, he's like I banish you to the, the, the nine hells you know and um, you see like the the words of Saint supposedly the real words of Saint Sinus as he reads them like light up in like green flame just and the, the scroll like burns up from the bottom um, actually, I should, I suppose from the top. Um, and uh, and as he does so, the uh, the gloam has to make a thingy thing. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Real quick, sorry. I know we're getting close to the end here. All right, thank God. He uh, fails. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he's, he's like, be gone, you know, and. Uh, and it screams, bursts into like its big flock of crow forms, and then those crows basically go in every single direction, right? Just like, and they flutter off in like all, all directions, the you know all cardinal directions, like. Wow. Um, and, and then the uh, and then silence, uh, dr drops over in the freezing rain, um, and then permeated by the moans of uh the dying and wounded knights um and the silent crying uh the the, uh, the the i'm sorry not the silent crying but the very noticeable crying of the children that are not underneath your arms just past the gate who are crying um clutching you because there's no one else to clutch and you can see that they are obviously distraught because they have no idea where they are 
And they're like, who, who are you? It's so cold, so cold. And, and they, they recognize each other, like Willie and Bilbrey and Violet, you know? Um, and like, what are we doing here? Who are these? And then they start to recognize some of the knights. Lady Violet's like, Lady, Lady Eleanor, where are we? All right, Argus will rush into the crowd of knights and start trying to help the wounded. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. I'll do the same. Yeah. Halifax is going to um, uh, comfort Violet, say, oh, it's, it's okay. You know, we've been yeah, I, give a blanket, I give a blanket or my bedroll to like one of the other, to the younger kid that I was carrying out, and then I'll go help him. Okay, cool. All right, so he would uh, like you know wrap her up, try to get her warm. Yeah, uh, Halifax, do you want to watch the kids as we go help? Just sort of yep. be, yeah. Open on a little puppet I'll offer, a, I'll offer a bedroll as well. You know, we try to stay dry. Oh, I left all my stuff with the horse, but that's okay. Oh, that's uh, a, yeah. I pull, I pull a bedroll out of a sheath. <laughs> I'm always on the ready. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, question uh, of the mooks: several are injured. Are any of our named GMPCs scratched with the <laughs> rot? Uh, no, they are not. So uh, basically okay. you have um, uh, five knights are dead. Uh, around five knights. Ooh. Five knights are wounded and have the rot, but they're not named. Um, and five are fine. Gotcha. They, all, the, all the wounded ones got the rot. None of them made their save? No. I mean, I mean I'm just, you know. Yeah, okay. I'm just clarifying. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's terrible, man. Um, do we have? I have a spear. We could make a litter and bring some bodies down the hill, or we, oh, we could go down and get the horses, I guess. Well, so I have a thought. Even though there's nothing to verify it, they just immediately got wounded, and you made the recommendation to amputate on contact earlier, but it had already been some time since we had been scratched. With the knowledge we have, do we want to recommend for any of the wounded soldiers to do that? Or is it just as bleakly hopeless as possible? I don't know, right? Like, is that something we should try to suggest? Does that sound like madness? Well, I'll pull out my mace and I'll say, I don't think this is going to work great, but I'll try. (laughs) You hear hear what I'm saying, though, right? Like, is it possible to save any lives? Well, and Halifax would would bring that up to Lady yeah. Eleanor. You know, maybe you know, I, uh, you know, I we have this. We're going to try to deal with it. We don't know if we're going to be able to. Um, it's kind of gruesome. Uh, perhaps if uh, the source of the disease is removed quickly. So, Eleanor, uh, Eleanor um, is uh, she's not happy about it. She tends to agree that there's no, something is trying something is better than nothing. Um, you see that uh, Reverend Costantius is actually having an argument with her um, as he kind of points to you guys and he points to the wounded men and he says, these are dead men, dead men and women walking. Um, It would be a mercy to end their suffering now. Oh, that seems harsh. I mean, at least uh, take them home and let them die and lie in honor and... Uh, in the in the Hall of Harrowmore, uh, lives making the uh, Dolman Wood safer. Uh, uh yeah, anyway, you might as well. Snell says, uh, we've we've heard whisper actually <laughs> out of character. This might be uh, very obnoxious, so feel free to shoot it down, John. But <laughs> we've heard whisper of a cure. Uh, uh, perhaps these men would like, as we 
may ourselves try to vie for their survival together. Uh, Rivik, As in all Rivik, of us. Reverend Costantius is like slowly like he's like dismantling his armor and like putting his mace away and everything like that. And um, and he's he basically doesn't even look at you in the eye. And he's like, you do what you wish. I have no authority mm -hmm. here. Sure. So what I'm getting at, guys, is if we go into this crazy forest, we could invite them Bring to come with us. Yeah, I think right. that's a, yeah. Why or don't we, we can go, or we can go to the Duke and say, "Look at us, wounded men, servants of you know, or whatever." Right? Like, or not the Duke, but the the Bishop. But I think having them as uh, an additional example to our malady might be helpful. I don't know. So, are you, going you to, are you going to cut off limbs right now? Well, I, I think I would. What I would say to all of them is, it's every man's choice. We don't know if, if this work, will. We don't know if this will save your life. It may. It may not. Uh, we are too far gone. Okay. So uh, here's, the, like here's the deal: is that um, Reverend Costantius is basically like spent, right? Like he doesn't have. He's not like loaded up with like sure. cure light wounds. It's not. That's not that kind of game, right? So um, he has. Uh, so basically, it would take like uh, you guys being able and, and the other thing too is like clerics are not just like natural healers like they are in like later editions right they're they're priests right they you know they minister right um so uh if all of them are willing like they're all like huh, huh, like they you know that when they when they hear about what the what the rots how they're going to die they're more than willing to like lose a limb like they'll be like whatever just do it just do it you know um uh in order to do it you guys would have to make that same check that you had to um that um argus had to do yeah. Um, on Snell, which is to do a um, half your intelligence half your or lower uh, ability score check in order to make sure that you actually perform a clean amputation that's not going to like just bleed yeah. out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And but that's may... if we don't have now, because if we wait, it'll be too late. It, no, it has to happen either now or they just both, quest with us to try to find a cure, I think. Both Sorry. the men and Eleanor um, will not judge you if you accidentally kill these men. Like, they understand what the risks are sure. and that, you know what I mean? Like, things could go wrong. And they, okay. uh, you know. Um, so, why don't we do that? It's, it's, uh, it's late, so why don't we just do five rolls to see if you actually cure these men. Um, any one of you guys can roll at any point with those five. And so it's, so, it's int, right? So it's half of our... Half of your int? rounded down you have to hit that number or lower on a d20 in order to succeed all right well my end's 15. Anyone mine be... is 11 so <laughs> it's a, mine's a 13 i think you're our best uh... all right so i have to hit sevens but the thing was is you guys were not seeing my die rolls so just 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 rolling with real dice it's fine. So they were all threes uh, all right so five rolls first one is a three. Oh, shit. oh. one nice Wait, what? All right, so one is one, one a five. Hey, hey, hey. Oh my god, okay, all right. Third one is a 20, sorry, bro. Uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. Fourth one is an 11. Is that a success? Uh, no, no. I, I basically have to hit a seven lower. All right, let's see, let's see where it ends. 2%. Fifth one is a three. Oh, hey. hey. All right. The ratio is not that. I mean, all right. All right. So this, uh, we'll leave it with this really grim picture, which is basically like <laughs> butchery on the snow. It's just cold, cold butchery. Um, they're in the room. Trying to yeah. distract the little kids. Uh, look over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Elfric has found his new calling 
as uh, he manages to save the lives of three of those men. Is the basically the way we'll look at that instead of uh, accidentally um, killing. Hey, them. look! I figured it out. I had a thing through my like uh, planet that said hide hidden dice rolls. So now I figured out why it was not. Ah, there you go. Okay. All right, so uh, yeah, you managed to save the lives of three of them. So you cut off their um, their arms or their legs, and, and they are uh, they are going to be okay. Um, really? Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. I will grant you the mercy that I was not given. Um, so, oh, so it's that one thing that that Mandrake stuff said that it could regrow limbs as well as uh, possibly cure. That is that's true. true. That's true. That's true, and that's the untreated Mandrake as well. So the um, uh, so those men could actually re regrow those limbs with the knotted mandrake, knobbled mandrake. But I will say that um, basically your need to cure any men now, except your cells of the rot, is now gone. Right, like three of them have been cured of it because you amputated quickly. Two of them, okay. two of them are dead. And two are dead. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. Cool. All right. So right. what is your plan uh, before we leave uh, for the night? What is your plan for next time? Uh, I think we go back to Prigwart. We escort the daughter to Harrowmore Keep. Maybe reap some additional reward. And then... Party. <laughs> do we head down to Castle Brackenwall? That seems like a really far like, ride, dude. For it doesn't what seem it... like that far, really. It's like It's just a few days. And it's on a road. I mean, it's, it's two I'll, days. If we I'll one day if we can borrow horses, but the but the thing about it is, is, is it even worth it? Like, I, is it even? Sounds like Bishop could care people. less if the attitude of um, uh, well, his name just eludes me. Uh, of, uh, the uh, is. Where is that? Reverend Mutton Chops. Mutton Chops is whose name is Constantius. Thank you. If his attitude is any indication of the clergy's attitude, it is probably pretty unlikely that they're even going to let us in the door. Well, like that's just my guess. Well, but that's, 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 that's one man. That's one it's, man. It's that's one man. And he yes, is, he is part of a certain <laughs> order, right? Who are their own little sure, service sure, section. Sure. Yeah. Might Very be fair. able to like you know barter some kind of service or something, you know. So yeah. do you? Would you rather dance with the Fey in a forest with a bunch of you know? Uh, one-legged men, uh, or <laughs> or would you like to go to Castle Brackenwall and die on the steps of the the chapel? <laughs> well, it's not going to take us two weeks to get down there. I I think we go down, ask for help. If they tell us to to you know, you're on your on your own, then we go back and try to find the men. The where is Golden Wood? I can't find it on the map. It is not located on. It is not labeled on the map. Um, but it is uh uh right. Should be like right around here. Can you see okay, that? so it's on the way to and then and then just head north into the woods. They told you that day you should get to the refuge of Saint Key, which is right here, mm. and then oh, okay. and then head northeast, or you could go to the town of Orb Swallow, which is along this road here, but not labeled. Gotcha. Which is a moss dwarf community, and head south. And gotcha. So it's somewhere right around here. So yeah, um, let's go to Brackenwald first. We might as well try. Yep, they might. They might uh, take. I mean, after here. going to Harrowmore and all that. So yeah. before all I mean, that, because you're six old each, so we can buy fucking rashes. <laughs> we will um, <laughs> when you return to Prigwort um, and you reap your reward and all that kind of stuff. You will be actually be um, assuming that you can get back to town safely. You'll be uh, not only be have your wealth, which you can distribute however you want, but um, you also have that as experience points, which is huge for you guys. Um, hey. um, um, in addition, because you'll be safe at home. 
perhaps you might feel a little bit uh, risk versus reward. It might be up for a little bit of carousing. I will, I will be, I will uh, drop the rules on you and let you know and make the decision for yourself whether or not that you'd be up for a little bit of bonus exactly XP with the chance. Definitely go die. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Can I create like a uh, fund to inherit my next character? Yeah. Argus would be honored to take care of that as executor or legal counsel. He's never well. seen again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, Is Argus... I'm not, hey, Ted, I'm not quick question. No, I know. Ted, I have a quick question. Uh, does Argus have any distant uncles or, you know, relatives... Uh, with the last name of Longshot, uh, or or, or. <laughs> yeah, Longshot. Yeah. Now Jimmy, Jimmy would have taken it. An joke. Don't worry about it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yes. <laughs> Not a trustworthy fellow is all I'm saying. Anywho. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. So the plan is uh, probably Castle Brackenwell, but we'll we'll make the final decision next time. Uh, anyways. Sure. Uh, Thanks, everybody, once again, uh, both the, the players for playing and for everyone for uh, watching the video. I uh, just want to take a quick shout-out to everybody. I reached out uh, just over 400 subscribers, which is pretty awesome. We're all pretty happy about that. Um, so, obviously, please spread the word, like, and subscribe, and all that kind of good jazz. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you, John. Adios. Thanks.